Welcome back to the Valley Talk podcast. We got episode 17 today, which is a lot of firsts for the Valley Talk podcast. We got a special episode coming to you guys today. So, uh, as you guys can see, we have our first ever guest on the Valley Talk podcast. This is Curran Ingram. Say hi to the people, Curran. Hello, Valley Talk podcast. (laughs) This is also our first podcast where we're doing it not in our normal spot, so... Things are a little bit different, but we're trying to switch it up, find out what works best. We're on you the know move, us. baby. We're on the move. Yes, sir. <laughs> so for today's podcast, we have a lot to discuss. Um, we're going to be talking about some biblical things that, um, that are talked about in the Bible, uh, some things that we have or we research different theories on, and um, we're just going to be talking about our opinions on them. Some questions, there are no answers in the Bible, so they're just strictly uh, opinionated questions, mm-hmm. and I wanted to preface before we got into this uh, that we do research on it, but we are just ordinary studiers of the Bible. We uh, like didn't go to theology school, all that stuff. <laughs> so, um, if you think that there's something wrong that we're saying, we'd love to hear what your opinions and beliefs are on it. Um, if you guys have any questions about the things that we say, uh, just comment, and we will uh, get back to you guys. Um, and if there's more you want to know, just reach out to us. We would be happy to start conversations with more of you guys. So, uh, before we get started in the biblical conversations, we could not do a Valley Talk podcast without the Flavor God food review. So, <laughs> yeah. we're sending it over to yeah. you, Hank. What do you got for us today? So, today we got a, a crazy one we've been wanting to do for a while. Some Korean corn dogs. Uh, we got some flaming Hot Cheeto ones, some ramen noodles, and some sweet potato. And of course, we got the sweet dessert one, the Oreo. Whoo! Where did we get these from? Uh, we're not sponsored by them, so we're not going to say. Okay. But <laughs> we need to check. Uh, place in outs. Westgate. So if you're looking, if they're good, hey, we might say your name. If not, we're not. So I'm gonna start with the flaming hot Cheeto one. Which one? Which one are you boys looking forward to the most here? Ramen. Ramen. I'm checking the ramen. Or the sweet potato. That sounds. Yeah, I'm looking for the sweet potato. I think big, big sweet. I'm gonna try the cheese mustard sauce with it first. So straight to the condiments, the flavor god. Alhamdulillah. It would not be Hank if he wasn't dipping it in something. (laughs) Bro goes through like the largest portion size of ranch in a week that the store sells. The wow. more the more flavor, the better. I get rid of those too. Are we taking bites too? Or are we dipping? Yeah. Straight to it, baby. Straight to oh, it. Yeah. That's amazing. Whoa. Whoa. Anyone want some sauce? We got. Almost missed the woods. We got sauces. I got paper towels on here too. I'm straight raw dogging, bud. No condiments <laughs> for me. Mm. Oh, mm. I could have Hank's got them all. You want some? <laughs> Which one do you want? Sauce all the sauces? I'm not sure what those are. These are mustard, if you like mustard. That one, that one looks spicy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hank, what's your initial thoughts? Give it to me. My initial thoughts is these beat Get regular corn dogs by like a mile. There's like cheese in the middle of the thing. I yeah. could body that. These are exotic dogs. I'll probably be back. Easily. Because those are like six bucks each. And that's like 
at least 1,200 calories. Did you body that already? I did. <laughs> I ripped mine in one bite. I didn't even hesitate. Bro, I got the biggest one. I don't think I'm going to eat all mine. Yeah. What do you guys think about that one? Give us a number, Hank. Mine doesn't, even have, mine doesn't even have a glizzy in it. Uh, I'm going to give it a... <laughs> I'm gonna give it a seven. Damn, it, that's it, really? I thought you were gonna go higher. Well, I'm I'm gonna give it a, a seven because it's just not it's not grass-fed beef or like oh, grass-fed geez. steak, and that's a ten to me. He's oh, on a okay. superhuman shit. I'm right on now. a superhuman. <laughs> Word, Xander, what do you think? Give us a number. Um, I'm gonna give it like a six. It's just damn. I don't have any glizzy in mine. It's just okay. It's just <laughs> fried cheddar, pretty much, with Cheeto dust on it. So. <laughs> I can see that current. I mean, I got the the portion of glizzy that he probably should have got, but <laughs> the glizzy was guy. all right. Glizzy was all right. I don't know. It's just hot. I like hot Cheetos in itself, but for me, it was just that's a lot of fried. That's a lot of <laughs> it is produced food right there. I mean, I'll give it a I'll give it a, se- a six eight. Nice. On the higher side, but you got that Shit. extra protein in it, baby. Yeah. I'll go seven five. I liked it more than you guys liked it, I guess. But can we do the ramen at all one night? Yeah, let's, let's take down ramen. Let's get active, let's boys. Get I'm telling you guys, it's gonna be way too crunchy. It. How's that guys? sauce over there? What's that sauce you think? Uh, I don't know. Give it a rip oh. here, bud. Oh, on the computer. Definitely crunchy. That's Hank's signature move. Drip some sauce either on a shirt or on <laughs> something around him. Damn, man. This one don't got a glizzy either. What's going on here, boys? Mine didn't have a glizzy. Hank ate the glizzy that before. (laughs) Hank was just tubing the glizzy. Did you guys ever try ramen noodles, like, uncooked? Like, when they're hard? Yeah. I'm going to say that's an underwhelming taste. Yeah, I thought thought it was going to be better. That's how I feel like this is going to be. A like, what's the cook. point of having just crunchy, uh, flavorless noodles? I'm eyeing that one like the Connor guy from TikTok that loves the glizzies. Have you seen him? He's just, just no hate on the community, but he's a, a, a little Down syndrome man, and he loves he loves glizzies. I love glizzies, too. Yeah, it adds up. You and Connor got... Maybe more than a few things in common. Got him. Shots are being fired right off the bat. I'll start us off with a six-five. I'm gonna drop it to a straight six. I didn't like that too much. It was a little too crunchy for my liking. Yeah, that shit was mid. I'm gonna go like <laughs> five-eight. I'm gonna go eight two. Wow, <laughs> I like that more than the the regular one, the flaming hot cheeto one. Who to be gave this man wow. the name Flavor God Food for you? I, came out God. I don't. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense, but you gotta respect what the man said. That one came out of right field. I was not expecting. Me too. That. Like I no purposely kidding. gained sixty pounds over the two years to try out all the flavors of the world. <laughs> so Purposely. now we're, we're bringing it back down and getting healthy again. That's dedication. But who else is putting that dedication in? To That's yeah. facts, though, bro. You're right, I guess. He's so, a connoisseur. I like that one. All right, Hank, lead us off in the sweet, p- sweet potato. I'm looking forward to this looking one. Looking forward to this. I Me love too. sweet potato. No glizzy yet again. Um, oh, I got the most massive Here you go, Xander. Yeah, I'm over three on glizzy. You haven't had a glizzy yet. Over <laughs> three. <laughs> 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 Hank, come on, bro. Come on, whatever this name of the 
company was. We're not going to say names, <laughs> but y'all are missing. Okay. Okay. Underwhelming. Oh no. Hmm. A little ass. Cheese. A little ass. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Tastes like a ball of mush, almost. Mm -hmm. mm. I would got. I like that one the most. I would I'm say on that the flip one was side. The worst. Yeah. 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 That was the worst really? so far. That was the worst one by far. I give that one a five. I give that one a, a five too. Yeah. Got the cat. Yep. Five five range. <laughs> Heard hmm. that. I'm gonna have to hit. Maybe I just got a good part of that glizzy, but that's an A for me. Let's go. Oh. That's an A for me. I Two like left fielders today. I like the sweet potato. Good. And the glizzy added to it, but it was like, it was like fries and a hot dog. Respect. Protein pack sweet potatoes. All in one. So no doubt. Save the best bucks. for last. All right, now now we got the last one. Now it's time for dessert, boys. This we one. We earned it. Probably want to stay away with if you have any sort of medical condition. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is there a glizzy in this one? No. no. I was going to say. I think so. Straight cream. Yeah, are we taking it down full bites? I don't I'm know if I can this fit down. this whole thing in my mouth. <laughs> I already know that's going to be my favorite. Oh, wow. Mm. Chocolate all over my face. Mm. What's new? Actually, wow. on there, too. Mm. Mm. I rocked with that. I'm still rocking with it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna finish that one, boys. Holy moly, you know what it could be? Could be. Since it's still closer to the morning, taste buds could just be a little more with the sweet side of things. You know what I'm saying? Is that yeah. a thing? Well, what do you eat for breakfast? It's usually sweet things, right? No. You eat cereal this morning. True, I did. Finally, with honey. eggs for breakfast. Cereal glazed and honey. I guess. Cereal glazed and honey. And biscuits and gravy. I'm not gonna lie, this might be one of the best desserts ever. Yeah, I, this is really good. It's all what you need. Hank, give us a number. Cream cheese, bread, chocolate, soft, warm, yummy. I'm gonna give it nine. Soft, warm, and yummy. Wow. This is better than cheesecake. Wow. I, I had cheesecake for the first wow. time with you guys. Remember that? Yeah. Where was that at? I, that was at your house. I brought cheesecake over and we all just digged into it. Oh, yeah. It was my first that. time. Wow. Xander? That was amazing. I'm going to go eight. Eight. I liked it as well. Eight. It was pretty good. High up on the scale, boys. Current? I'm going to go with the uh, 9-1. Just a little better than Hank, so. Yeah. I'll go with a solid nine. I'm rocking with Hank's number. Like, uh, say, you know how you usually get people cookies Yeah. for, like, their birthday? Yeah. Like a big cookie with icing on it? No one wants that. Like, you give them one of those. That's all I got for all 13 of my birthdays before I turned 14. Yeah, you didn't really like it. You would have oh, rather had one of these. Well, I didn't her. like cake, so I asked for the cookie cake. I'm just saying. This might go down as one of the best shirts ever. Big fan. Wow. I guess we know what to get Hank for his birthday. Yeah. No kidding. And they had different <coughs> flavors. They had Reese's, oh. churro, ube. I don't know what that is, but it sounds fire. We should have just went four straight with those. Yeah. All desserts. 
No kidding. That was Might have had a freaking insulin shot ready, though. Overall, <laughs> would I do this ex experience again? <coughs> um, I probably wouldn't do it as a meal. I would do it as a dessert. I agree, 100%. Yeah. My third bat. Fourth it? Fourth it, yeah, I guess, Hank's. So, great overall experience for the Hank Cod Food, food Review. It's a, if you want to go there, go there. If but not, you don't know where it is, so. Don't. It's secret. It's been long awaited. Uh, <laughs> fine, I'll say He's the name. I think it's it. called uh, My Young Cream Corn Dogs. <laughs> so you still don't know the name. <laughs> My Young Cream Corn Dogs in Westgate, uh, Phoenix area. Uh, give give him a shout out. Let him know the boys came there, came through, gave him a review. <laughs> um, Use our discount code Valley Talk for twenty percent off. Yep, there you go. Unofficial official sponsors <laughs> of the Valley Talk podcast. Get sued. <laughs> that's a good lawyer. I know a good lawyer, boys. <laughs> Better call us all. All right, so um, moving on. It also wouldn't be a Valley Talk podcast without the ZSBN segment. We're going to keep it a little shorter today than normal podcast, but before we get really into deep things. Let's go to Xander. Yep, we got a lot going on today, so we're going to keep it light on the sports. But I think we know what we're going to be talking about here, boys. The NFL Super Bowl. What are our predictions for that? We got four teams left. Who do we got going to the Super Bowl? Who's winning it? Who's matched up? We got we got Ravens, Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, Niners. I think it's going to be Ravens. Lions in the Super Bowl, Ravens winning it all. There we go, first take. Interesting. We'll work down the line here. What you got, Hot one. I don't know. I mean, I got all my boys are Chiefs fans. You know, oh. we 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 do be living close to to KC. Boo! Cut it. I, Cut the pot. Just hold up. Done. Just wait. Just wait. You're no longer allowed on the our Chiefs. Pod. The Chiefs Ravens matchup is legendary, and to be honest, I want to see that dude. Lamar Jackson, take down Taylor Swift. Oh, and, oh he's calling out T-Swift fans. And Mahomes. I want to see the Ravens versus the Lions. Yes, sir. When was the last time the Lions were in the bowl? They've never been. Oh, never it's been. been a minute. Never, never been. been. They're on the come up, bro. Uh-oh. I mean, that's Detroit. That's 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 Michigan. I mean. Crime rates would go up insanely <laughs> at Detroit if they were. Baltimore versus Detroit. The I whole mean, city would be on fire. Man. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see the Lions, you know, do something for the first time, but I mean, Lamar, he what he been, what has he been saying ever since he was drafted, right? He said, "They're going to get a Super Bowl out of me." That's what he said. He did say that. So it's I, common. I, shout out to my boy Cooper Best out there. He's a Ravens fan, ride or die. Ray Lewis since he came out the womb with the jersey on 52. Yeah. <laughs> Stom go. Stomping and stuff, but uh let's go Ravens for the bowl. I like it. Ooh. Honestly, at this point, I'd be happy with anybody winning other than the Chiefs. I'm so tired of the Chiefs. I feel Bro like hates the Chiefs. They remind me of Anakin. They were once <laughs> the beloved Jedi in the league, and now they've become the ultimate villain. They're like Darth Vader now. So I'm going to say Ravens, we need Lamar Jackson to pull his Luke Skywalker out and defeat Darth Vader. Yeah. So i got Ravens beating the Chiefs, and I'm going to go 49ers over the lines, and I'm going to say – 49ers won it all. No. That's what I'm going with. Brock as long as they stay like healthy, that, that is. Because they have a few injuries. Just a complete that. team. Yeah. I'm a, my answer is going to be similar to Tyler's. I think uh, the Lions and Ravens end up in the Super Bowl. And I do think the, the Ravens will choke in the Super Bowl. I think uh, Detroit's going to get their first uh, 
championship, and it's going to be a party in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Detroit and Las Vegas. That's all I got to say. Yes. It's going to be a dirty – I think Lamar chokes in big games, and I don't think it's him. I think it's the people around him. I think his team's just not as good as the other teams, and I think Detroit's just all around he's got solid. A, he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders. Yeah, I feel like the Ravens only do well if Lamar does well. Yeah, that's a fact. Really, the and only way. Lead by example. Let's see it. Let's yeah. see it, Ravens. Yep. So we I'm gonna go to Detroit Lions, NFL champs. Let's go, baby. There it is. Love it. All right, boys. That's a wrap on the NFL. There is one thing I also wanted to touch on. This one was a surprise. We'll keep it short. But with the upcoming fight, I got a little news from Izzy, our boy Izzy from Let's the go. gym. He offered a hundred dollar purse to the winner. Let's go. So, there's a purse on the line now. I'm about Higher to get stakes. Bucks. Thoughts? Thoughts? Um, we're nearly a month away. No comment. This kid in Norton. Boom, boom. And he comes across his table. I smack him with a chin bone. <laughs> Ain't no real, real talk though. Hundred bucks sounds nice, but I'll probably just donate to someone after I get that bag. Yeah, I'll just take you out for supper after I whoop your ass. <laughs> Damn. I'll just, use it, actually, I'll just use it to help towards your uh, medical bills. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is probably just going to be Ooh. a flash knockout, so probably nothing too serious. Maybe a concussion protocol check. Hank's going to bring in a flashbang <laughs> um, into the fight. and just It's going to be quick. One, two, bang, bang. Get him out of there. Get the next one in there. You it's think it's going to be quick? I know it's going to be quick. Do you know that you're like a plus 25,000? <laughs> That's what they say. I, I've heard that, but um, they haven't seen me work. They even see, I stay hard. I've been seeing you work. <laughs> yeah, don't let anyone stay tell hard. You. Pause. I've been seeing you work. Pause. I, stay stay hard. Hard. I stay hard, boy. <laughs> Who's gonna carry hard. the boats and the logs? Yeah. yeah, I'm a superhuman now. I'm on peptides, a bunch of vitamins. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's going crazy. I'm Taking cold tonight. showers, like. Cold showers ain't going to put a knockout. Who's getting the cold shower at 6 in the morning? I am. I don't turn that thing on to hot once. Have you ever taken a cold plunge? No comment. No comment. <laughs> I knew it. But I could do it with these. Guarantee it. We got a pool right there, cuz. All right, boys. <laughs> I see well, right through you. <laughs> I don't even see you. <laughs> Let's get into yeah, the good honest stuff. Honest John Cena shit. Can't see me. Alright. Shout out Izzy though for putting the purse up. Shout out Izzy. Thanks, Xander, for the ZSPN segment. Yep. Alright, Jess, let's start talking about the real stuff. The real reason we're here for this podcast. So first off, the first question uh, that we're gonna look into is uh, why does the Bible talk about dragons? And do dragons exist in heaven or hell? So interesting. Kern, what are your initial thoughts? Question is, repeat it for me, please. Why does the Bible talk about dragons? Do dragons exist in heaven or hell? So, would you like me to touch base on dragons, like in our world first, like what the, the depiction of dragons it w- was supposedly to be? Sure. Because get an illustration. I think, in my opinion, that we did have dragons here, and the reasoning that we don't see them nowadays, see any evidence of them nowadays, is because like birds, like the birds of the sky, birds have hollow bones. Birds 
can only fly because they have light bones, right? And their and their feathers, whatever you know, their flight, their their aerodynamics. But they have hollow bones. So if dragons were to have wings, in all the depictions, you know, in in the medieval times, dragons have wings and they're like snakes, right? And they've got legs, like maybe four legs, um, walking on all fours, and they they fly, right? So if dragons were to be and they would die, you know, according to all these lores, the people would kill them, knights would go kill them, and you'd, you know, you'd get rewards or fame and stature for killing these animals, these creatures. So when they died, their bones went into the earth and decayed because they're hollow. They don't last, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the number one thing in my mind for evidence as to why we don't see the evidence of dragons. And the reason why the depiction of them has kind of gone away, right? All the sigils of houses, right? And the, those times there's dragons on them, like, you know, breathing fire. So that's quite the interesting thing in my mind. The Bible talks about dragons a lot. And a lot of people just think that it is imagery used to depict different things. So I took some notes on what the Bible, like different areas where the Bible talks about. So I'll give you some insight about the Bible. And what it says about dragons. So in Genesis, God calls the waters chaotic and later creates what most translations call sea creatures. The Hebrew word that is used is tannin or tannin, which means, which translates to dragon, serpent, or chaos monster. Okay, so it's believed that the waters were chaotic because of this chaotic monster. When he, like, within the original creation story, and God created the dry land to be a place of safety, which also leads to God, Jesus, being referred to regularly as a rock, a.k.a. dry ground and safety. Chaos monsters then connected to the serpent that eventually tempts Adam and Eve in the garden. King James Version uses the word dragon a lot. Um, 35 times in the Old Testament, 22 times, no, 35 times total, 22 times in the Old Testament, 13 times in the New, and... Um, the dragon imagery is used to depict evil kingdoms and evil rulers throughout Principalities time. and authorities, yeah. Yes. Does it specifically say dragon, or does it use a translation? It used tanin. Okay. So that can be serpent, sea creature, or chaos monster, or dragon. That's interesting. Daniel 7. This is one of Daniel's main visions that he has. Three monsters appear. In the vision, a fourth one then later appears that's much larger and fiercer than scarier than the other three. The dragon starts off with ten horns, but loses three horns that come together to make one big horn. Daniel asks what this means. He's told that the dragons are kingdoms of the world. The fourth dragons will rule over all the empires. Ten horns stands for ten people that will help build the kingdom, and three will fall while it's coming together, but they will all rise together. The fourth dra- dragon represents the fourth power. But the vision ends with the fourth dragon becoming powerless and completely destroyed. The dream mentions that there's a dragon slayer that sits next to God on the throne of heaven, which points to Jesus um, eventually being the person that slays the dragon. Yeah, Satan's depicted to be the dragon and or the serpent, I guess, in most things. But in Re- Revelation, he's a dragon. Mm-hmm. So it's weird, you know, even in... Like movies that we see, there's all the, the demon, demonic representation of Satan and, you know, the horns and the red skin and, and even now, too. And they're just fierce creatures. And it's very odd because 
Yeah, the dragon's always been the, the bad guy in, in all shows and movies, right? Yeah. yeah. But it yeah. makes you wonder if, when we get to heaven, what, like, like, will there be dragons in heaven, and will, like, the serpent, or will Satan, like, his primary form be a dragon? That's a good point, though, about Satan. I never thought of it like that, that he has the horns and the red skin and all that, and that's, like, the, kind of the iconic view mm-hmm. of him, you know? I mean, well, it, it, the question is, are are dragons creatures that were created by God, like you know, the Leviathan, Behemoth, type, lions, right, elephants, snakes, tigers? If 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 the dragon is an animal created by God, you know, that was in the Garden of Eden. So the Bible says that all of God's creation will be in heaven with Him, right? So even us and dogs and cats, you know, that was something that I might I didn't believe at first. I didn't know. I was like, well, dogs and cats don't have souls, right? So why would they go to heaven or hell? But it doesn't make any sense that they would go to hell. You know, they, they didn't do anything wrong. They're just little creatures, right? So they're God's creation. So they will be in heaven. So anything that is a part of God's creation that is good, right? He said that it was good, just like us. You know, we, we you know, animals don't have a, 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 the, the free will to be like, oh, God or Satan, you know, sin yeah. or no sin. So they're just creatures that will be in heaven with us because they're God's creation. So yeah, I guess dragons, if they are are part of God's kingdom of creatures, they'll be in heaven. But the depiction of Satan and his angels being, you know, Satan being the dragon, the, the evil dragon, he will not be in heaven with us. So, you know, he'll be in hell. So there will be, I guess, a dragon in hell to a certain extent. And if dragons, the depiction of them that were on earth, if they were, you know, God's creation, they will be in heaven with us as well. I agree that raises a lot of questions in my mind about what other creatures could have been created like in heaven or hell that we have no idea even exist. There's two creatures that the Bible specifically talks about that um, prophets have visions over and that's the Leviathan and the Behemoth. Um, The Leviathan, we'll talk about that one first, refers to a variety of monstrous creatures including a sea serpent or a dragon-like creature. It comes up six times in the Bible, and it is often sometimes related to Satan. Um, like in Isaiah 27, 1, it says, In the day the Lord, with his sore and great strong sword, shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Levi- Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. So that kind of makes you think back to the creation story with the chaotic waters, chaos dragon being maybe the leviathan that is also maybe satan but it could also be something completely different and the leviathan could be something different which we'll get to that in a second the behemoth though is also referred a little bit more to in the bible than leviathan Um, the description can be a huge plant eating animal that has a tail likened to a cedar tree so it talks about this like massive creature um, that is completely different than anything that we've ever seen. And when I originally was thinking about this, um, often people think of it as like an elephant or a hippopotamus with tusks, um, but those creatures don't have tails that could be likened to a cedar tree. So the Bible never talks about dinosaurs directly, um, but like we have evidence of the fossils obviously um, being around and so it kind of raises the question that maybe this Leviathan that's re- referred to in the Bible or behemoth 
could be dinosaurs, and they didn't have the the term dinosaurs didn't come to be a thing until mm-hmm. the 1800s. Yeah. So, um, the and and that would totally make sense for the behemoth because it's a plant eating animal that uh, likes to be by water and has a tail like into a cedar tree. So that could be like a bronchiosaurus uh-huh. or yeah. like supposedly that was animals. real though. Supposedly the bronchiosaurus was because that I've also heard that being a depiction of the behemoth, right? Because behemoth, uh, the, the word, you know, not away from the, what it is in the Bible, behemoth means like large animal, right? It's like big, mm-hmm. behem- a behemoth of an animal, behemoth of a dude. You know, when you see a big guy, he's a behemoth, right? So I feel as if I've, I've heard a few different guys, Kent Hovind being the main one. He's a creationist guy who does all this science stuff. And he's a big dinosaur guy. He's out in Florida. I think he's still alive. He does great work in, in the, the world of creationists, and he talks about the, all these animals being on the ark like god and noah putting them on the ark right and them dying after the flood because they had smaller nostrils and when the the oxygen level in the atmosphere decreased because of the flood that these animals animals with smaller nostrils could not survive with less oxygen so they died so bigger animals that needed more oxygen right like the behemoth like the bronchiosaurus right these big animals small nostrils could not breathe in the lower percentage of air because you know the air quality used to be much higher you know um according to the canopy theory if the waters were above you know and, and came from above for the flood um so yeah these animals were became extinct because they just couldn't uh survive in the harsh conditions so i'm sure there's a variety of animals that we just have no clue about you know whether it, it was the, the, the original liger you know tiger lion type animal and, or, you know, behemoth or bronchiosaurus or whatever. I feel like they just died off um, due to the atmosphere that they couldn't live in. So that's quite crazy to think about. Yes, it it's crazy to think about the all those animals being together on the ark and not killing each other. People, yeah, there's so many people ask questions. Oh, what, what could... Uh, what could this thing have fit? On, could they have fit a blue whale on the ark? You know, because the blue whale is the biggest animal that there is, the biggest mammal, and it can swim. Yeah, it can swim, right? So people like the, the ark was huge, right? Ginormous. The only thing that could have withstand. People always ask, could people survive the flood outside the ark? No, 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 no. Supposedly, you know, the the patterns of um erosion from the water and how fast you know it came at the earth came upon the earth wiped out everyone there was no people besides the eight on the ark so i could totally see that so that's let's let that lead us into the next question about did the flood actually happen or was it symbolism and something that i've kind of thought about um was like how the water drained from and like how we really got to where we are now waters being in the oceans and stuff like that um but some evidence that the flood did actually take place is that there are lots of marine fossils that are high found or found highly on mountain sedimentary layers Mm. even on like mount everest and stuff like clamps and coral fossils grand canyon's another place where it's three thousand feet above sea level um, and How you can see in many layers that there are these fossils of of fish and sea, sea creatures. creatures. Yeah. So and like in the Sahara, they can see like movement of the sand and stuff that 
would represent if water was Wait, over well, red waving over in that wild yeah so the sahara which is obviously very dry now they believe used to have water mm-hmm. i could totally see that what do you think anchors well i think there's a lot of evidence for like because there's evidence of rapid erosion in sediment mm-hmm. and rocks mm-hmm. and there's not much detail for that like there's not much explanation so it had to be a large amount of water coming in at once forcefully and just like you said like there's ev- even evidence of like stone found in the Grand Canyon like sediments that end up in Canada so how would it, how would it end up in Canada it would have to be through mass mass water mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's mainly the big argument is just finding fossils far away from where yeah. people would think they're from things that don't make sense yeah and there's and you just can't explain it so it ha- it had to be the I only answer yeah, yeah is large amount of water that covered the whole earth yeah but the argument against that is that many scientists believe is that there's just not enough water in our world to cover the whole earth like cuz it said even the tallest mountains were covered, so Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. Scientifically, with the water we have now, we wouldn't, even if the whole world would flood, it wouldn't be able to reach the highest of the mountain. But it says that that God, it also rained for days before the flood, obviously. And then God also said that water from within the ground in the center of the earth came up from mm-hmm. above. And you can't underestimate the power of God. Like right. he can, he can create what he wants. Like he creates water into wine. Like how would you not think he create a whole more F- water? F- flood the, flood earth, the whole yeah. earth. He's powerful. <coughs> I have a crazy theory based on what you're saying, Hank. Um, about like the Earth's formation before the flood. So, um, God when he created earth it says in genesis that he brought all of the waters together and then separated the land from the water so you could infer that since he brought all of the waters together all of the land was also brought together so yes the continental crust is 25 miles thick while the ocean so the crust is above the mantle mantles above the iron core the oceanic crust is about five miles thick so it's a wide variety of 20 miles okay so, what I saw some theologians believe is that um, the earth was mostly flat. The landscape was, all the land was in one area, how we got Pangea. The uh, earth was all, all the land was in one area and it was mostly flat. Then the waters came, ran for 40 days, 40 nights, but the water stayed for 150 days. And then as the water like for a place for God to put the water, he lowered the crust of the earth in certain areas, which is why you would, could see that the oceanic crust is only five miles from the mantle. Um, he lowered that to create the oceans as we know them now. And he split apart the lands into the continents that we know now. And then the way that the waters were moving to get to the oceans like the rivers that where the water moved caused mountains to be in place 
certain land didn't have water running over them, which is how we now have wide mm-hmm. arrays of, of land. The deepest part of the ocean is only 6.5 miles deep. The Mount Everest is 5.7 miles above the sea level. So it could make sense. It's in that, that 20 mile radius of the oceanic crust and the continental crust that, that it could make sense that then the water eroded the mountains that we have them now. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, you can't doubt that God couldn't just move the mm-hmm. land as he freely wanted it to and lower and raise land based on that. Yeah. A lot of scientists believe that um, there was most likely a flood, but they believe it was in certain regions at a time. Mm. Like certain regions were covered at once and not just the whole earth. I think that's a, a lot of the main arguments out there for them. A lot of other religious beliefs other than Christianity, Judaism, and Islamic also have floods occurring in... Because they all believe in the Bible. Yeah. Funny how that works. All have floods also happening in their thing. So, um, I, I'm curious, have you guys ever seen the uh, the mountain where they believe that Noah's Ark rested? The mountain, I know Xander, you showed me a picture of it before, but the the mountain that kind of looks like it could be the resting place of the, the ark. resting place of the ark. Right. Supposedly, the mud a mudslide took where it, it actually landed, dropped it down because it was at the top, right? Yes. So it was at the high high up top. It, it's called Ur. That's the place that's at Ur. U R is the place where that is, and it's like in I don't know if it's like Scandinavia, Turkey. yeah, Scandinavia, Eastern Turkey, Turkey and yeah. the mountain ranges of Ararat. 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 <laughs> Ararat. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Ur is it means the the city of eight. That's what Ur means. Uh, so that's where supposedly there were eight people on the ark. Right, the eight of the ark landed, and that's where the population of the earth re re came about. You know, God was like, y'all are evil, y'all are destructive, all you Nephilim, all you men, all you mighty mighty men. You know, that's the mighty men of old or the Nephilim, right? These these creatures and God's like, you know, I, d- I didn't create you guys to be like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm have to wipe you wipe you out and let's restart with the, the only righteous person left, Noah, Mr. Noah. Mr. Noah who was given you know, the the the, the description and the plan to build the ark to you know, save all the all that is good on the earth after there was so much bad. What yes, you got to reset everything. But yeah, like I was looking up that uh, Noah's Ark that they possibly found in Turkey and they did like 3D scans and everything mm-hmm. and found like remnants of solid wood and angles that wouldn't make sense and natural geographical form because cool. there's like right angles and stuff like that within it so mm-hmm. with the, like the 3D scans and everything it shows that's mm-hmm. a crazy thing using you know modern science to understand just our past as humans as history that it's completely different and from what we've been told, right? And what's crazy about that is, like, as scientists are finding out more, a lot of it is correlating back to what it says in the Bible. So it's like a lot of the things they're discovering is just proving what God already said in the Bible. No doubt. God Who'd you great. get over there? God is great. <laughs> okay. There's research teams in this this uh, mountains of Ararat. Error, Ararat. Error, um, and they have looked at the soil and dated that it matches up with the chronological time frame that the flood happened and that there were human 
activity on the mountain. So some of the scientists that were in this the research team said that they don't know that this place is the exact location quite yet. Like they don't have enough evidence to say for sure, but um, it does point to the possibility of it. And those research teams are still doing stuff to figure out more and try and confirm that. It's crazy though, when you go, if you were to go to Ur, that place in Turkey, the people that live there, they'll be like, oh yeah, no, if you go up there, you know, you hike up there, you'll see that's where, you know, that's where Noah landed, right? That's where, that's where the ark landed. They all believe it because it's passed down through their history throughout, you know, their grandparents told them, you know, mm-hmm. this is the, 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 la- the city of the eight, like, this is where Noah landed, you know, this is where God, you know, Gave the rainbow, right? Promised that he wouldn't flood the earth again after he already flooded it, you know, and wiped all the bad stuff. It's crazy. Pe- these people believe it to be true because they that's what they know, right? That's what literally what they know. They're born and raised in it, and they believe it. But here of, uh, in America, we're, nobody has any clue about that. You have to look in the Bible. You have to, you know, study, get all this stuff. But that's common worldly knowledge. That is, there's no, you know, spiritual. There's none of that. It's all physical location mm-hmm. and, and place, which is wild that, you know, people don't give much credit to the Ark or to the Bible nowadays when there's so much evidence. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of different things like that. And we'll talk about one a little bit later on with the Ark of the Covenant, but um, with uh, where there's like the people that have always lived in that area of like the flood or in Ethiopia for the Ark of the Covenant's instance, um, where these stories have just been passed down like that they are like the facts. And so it's like hard for people that live where we live or mm-hmm. live in completely different areas to that know that for sure yeah. because they weren't passed down to our generate or through our generations in our our society so true kind of an interesting thing next question all right next uh, while we're kind of on the flood topic because um, the flood points to this a lot but let's talk about was the garden of eden really a place or symbolism of a peaceful world without sin. Hank, let's go to you. Um, well, there is evidence of what it mentions in the Bible of like the rivers that it was located at, mm-hmm. and those um, could be, are like located in the same area where they think it, it could have been. But there's also rivers mentioned in the Bible that there isn't evidence that could be there so that's why there's a huge argument on it mm-hmm. um, but that brings back to the flood the flood could have destroyed waterways and like re- it reconstructed the world pretty much you know yeah because yeah. I said everything previously made was like covered in mud and reset pretty much so it could yeah. just be buried mm. yeah um, sorry one, one moment the four rivers were the Tigris Euphrates yeah the Pashan and the Gihon River that are talked about in Genesis. Um, the Tigers and Euphrates are still rivers, are still the same river names to this day. But um, it's believed that Pashan is now called the Kuwat River and Gihon is now called the Abay River. So Which is does located primarily in like the Iraqi. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... Um, but the Bible talks about how they, like the argument against it being real is people aren't looking at the flood, but um, is that it says that these four rivers come to a riverhead 
and that's where the Garden of Eden is. And now these rivers don't come to one point. They don't come to a riverhead. Um, so if you don't believe in the flood, it would be easy to not believe in the Garden of Eden. But I feel like if you believe in the flood happening, then it makes total sense that the Garden of Eden was destroyed by the flood and the evidence supporting it. Yeah, <coughs> that's interesting because, I mean, that's that's the big depiction nowadays is 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 the Bible is the Bible literal? You know, it, are you supposed to take it literally or is, is it symbolic? You're supposed to take it, you know, symbolically like that's the big de- depiction on the Bible right now. And I've heard, you know, a lot of people say that. But what I've come to understand is everything that is within the Bible that we have right now is all that we need to follow Jesus. It's, that's all we need. The the contents of the Bible right now, all the books that are in it. Right? There's the p- Apocrypha, right? What, that we could lead into after this. Yep. That is, you know, those that's outside of the Bible. And what we have in the Bible now is all that we need to have. You know, we've got the gospel in there. We've got the, the Old Testament that explains Moses' law, you know, God's law before Jesus, you know, the yep. time before Jesus and the time after Jesus and the time to come, right? So, it's all, it's all in there. It's all that we need. And, it, it you know, if something's not in the Bible, uh, you know, it, it, you just got to understand whether it's a secondary issue or a primary issue. Because, mm-hmm. you know, just focus on the primary salvation issues. There's a lot of secondary salvation is- issues in the world and in our lives. And, uh, yeah, all you need to do is focus on the primary stuff and you should be fine. That's where a lot of the division of the church has come from is over secondary doctrines that are not the primary doctrines. That's why there's so many different, um, like, branches of the Christian church. Because they all just believe something different about a secondary issue. Very true. That isn't worth arguing over. But they all have, like, the same principle. Yeah. Like, all the first doctrine things are similar in most denominations of Christianity. Except for maybe the Catholics. Yeah, fair. Um, Do you think that... The Garden of Eden was a place, or it was sim- symbolism for a time, and 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 yeah, an area peaceful in world. the world where there was just you know, no no evil, nothing like that. I believe it was like an actual physical place, just because of the way like Genesis talks about it, and with the tree of good and evil and all mm-hmm. that, and how he actually took the apple and bit out of it, mm-hmm. which I know the Bible has like a lot of m- metaphorical speaking and stuff, but I think it was an actual physical place. Yeah. I I agree on that, and and it's interesting in the Bible, like understanding the before and the after. Like you can't understand the gospel fully, you can't understand the Trinity fully. I mean, in general, we can't really comprehend it that much, mm-hmm. but you can still understand it too. Uh, what's capable in your brain, but everything has a a pre and and a post. So understanding one part of the text, you have to understand what it's saying in the beginning, what and what it's saying after. And you have to understand the type of literature it is, you know. Yeah. You know, Muslims will try to use the, the the type of literature that's going on in the text. You know how Paul writes this, how Paul says this, to you know say that Jesus wasn't, you know, uh, Jesus isn't God or this and that, but you know he is, and he, he claims to be the I am, and and yeah, the Trinity, all that stuff's valid. You just have to understand, the, you know, the pre, the post, and and the in between, and in, yeah, in order to understand the in between, you have to know the pre and the post. Yeah, and have you guys ever seen that picture of the map that was made in like 1595 that some guy made of uh, the poles? Mm-hmm. And 
Um, North so it's like, pool. yeah, it's like a fifth or it's a map made like back in 1595, a depict or a map of the pole. Here, I pulled it up so you guys can look. But like they believe that was like the Garden of mm-hmm. Eden in the middle, and those were the four heads yep. of the rivers. And that's, that's like so a map from 1595 that someone made. And like, it's crazy how we have so much limitation to go to the poles, you know, like the government mm-hmm. prohibits people from going there. Mm-hmm. And even today there's like wind graphs you can look at online and it shows like something. Structures. That, yeah, like a big structure that's like blocking the wind at one of the poles. I can't remember if it was the north or south. Mm-hmm. But Take a picture of that and we can put it on the, yeah. the We could put it up yeah. on the screen so you guys yeah. can kind of see, but uh-huh. yeah. It was a map made in 1595 from someone. That is the north of the South Pole. That's the Garden of Eden depiction. That's the world oh. depiction. Kind of. oh. That the Garden of Eden's in the middle, and then the, all the heads led up to it, right? Yeah. And <coughs> it's interesting though, because that says the North Pole. The Garden so. of Eden. It, the Bible says that God. Uh, I can't remember the verse, but it literally says that God came to the garden and he was walking within the garden. Mm-hmm. Basically, w- the text of what it means is God was within the garden walking and, and, and his presence was there, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a place and, you know, it was a place of, you know, all good things. And not until Adam and Eve fell did, you know, did they have to leave and did, you know, all the evil of the world come. But it's such it's so interesting how it all just relays from Satan falling, you know, coming to earth with all his angels into the garden and it's hard to understand all the time frames of things but I mean it's not something that we have to understand yeah it raises a question in my mind do you think that the garden of Eden will be in heaven well garden even it's kind of like heaven you know yeah heaven's just there's no crying there's no sadness there's no there's nothing there's all just good things in heaven because it's Jesus no, nothing bad can ever be in Jesus's presence God, Jesus is overwhelming you know, godliness that we can't even, you know, comprehend just rids any darkness. There's no, no, you know, stone unturned. The, all, all light reaches all areas of goodness. So, and that's the thing with all of this is it's so like supernatural that our human minds can't even wrap around it and comprehend mm-hmm. a lot of the things in the Bible that like God speaks about. Truth be told. So sometimes I feel like it's hard to get those answers and comprehend these things just because our human minds aren't at that level of God. He's like the all-knowing, the all-wise, you know. Very Mm -hmm. true. I had this interesting thought. So, like, we believe that God will be able to answer all of our questions when we get to heaven. We'll have a better understanding of it. So I asked Xander and Hank this the other day, but how, like, is it like we're all going to be in line to talk to Jesus? Nobody's going to care, dude. But I get it, but, like, is there going to be one Jesus, or we're all going to be in line to talk to him. Well, so that's how it works is heaven is, is God's place, right? That's where God resides. So where God is, there is no bad. There is no worry of, of what something was or what something is to be. All you're worried about is the joy that you're overwhelmed with and flooded with because mm-hmm. you're in God's presence. So, you know, you hear all these people talking about near-death experiences, and like them meeting Jesus, and I, I seen this one guy talk about how he gets to this place. And in, in, in a near death experience, you know, you could go to heaven. You know, God could show you heaven, or you could go somewhere else, or or you could get a vision, visions of things. I'm not sure. You know, it's up to God to to give you that or or whatever. But he said that in heaven, like Jesus was, he was around. Everyone's just hanging out and and happy, and and Jesus was going up to people, giving people hugs, and. 
he was talking to this one guy that he, that you could tell that Jesus and this man knew each other so well. And they, they were having a conversation, and Jesus was so happy for him. And this guy made a joke, and Jesus laughed so hard. And everyone in, uh, that was around heard Jesus' laugh because it was so contagious. And everyone's laughing, and everyone's just happy. And then he sees Jesus turn towards him, you know, and he gets this overwhelming feeling. And, he, you know, in his story, he said he starts running. He starts running from Jesus because he understands that he's in heaven, and he's this evil human, so I think this is probably just a vision. It wasn't actually heaven, maybe. Mm-hmm. But he, he sees Jesus literally open his arms and start running towards him. And he feels, like, so condemned, you know, by the sin that he's done in his life. He turns and runs from Jesus. But he, in, in his little dream vision that he has, he's not going very far or very fast. And Jesus is just running after him, and his love is pursuing him. And, and basically this guy's point was, you can't run from Jesus' love. Mm-hmm at all ever nowhere in your life you know jesus is always there you know you think you're alone but jesus is always there so you can't run from jesus's love you can't run from god's presence so in heaven i do not think we will be worried and i always do think like god what's at the bottom of the ocean like what's at the bottom well i want to see you know what creatures down there all this stuff you know why is it all these questions but in heaven i just think we'll be having a, a good time you know we'll be content yeah we'll be eating you know jelly beans and doing fun stuff just having a great time you know eating <laughs> down with that. Korean, <laughs> Korean corn dogs over here you know just enjoying it because it's a place of just the presence of God and there is nothing else need anything else when you were drawing that illustration in my head I was like of Jesus chasing him I was imagining like Ray Lewis coming at something <laughs> you can't pursuit get away drill. you can't get away pursuit drill that's funny yeah, no, I mean, I love to think about heaven. It's a great topic, and it's something to look forward to. And so if we really just, like, dig into our relationships and, and with Jesus, and that's what I've kind of understood in the last even few days, just seeing this stuff on the Internet, these people's stories. It's like, I want to get to heaven, and I want to talk to Jesus. Like, he's my bestest friend in the whole wide world. Like, no one else was more important in my life, right, than him, and then our relationship and me talking to him. And God, right? And so, oh, that's just a great feeling to think about. That That's literally our future. You know, we live here on earth for a very short period of time. But it, we get to be with Jesus for eternity in God's presence with, with God, the, the Father, and Jesus, the Son, and, and the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, you know? so Eternity is hard for me to wrap my mind around. The Trinidad? The Trinity? The Never ending. No, eternity. Oh, eternity? Infinite. It's, yeah, we can't. It, or if you t- think too long at it, your head will explode. Yeah, last night my head exploded 45 times because I was thinking about <laughs> God already existed for eternity before he created the earth. And then we exist in eternity and in heaven. And then our minds are like, what was he doing before then? You know, like uh, We'll get to that He's later. being God. We'll get, yeah. to, God. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to he's that in a second. being God. All right, continuing on to this heaven talk, let's. I'm going to ask you guys some questions that the um, – Bible doesn't give us direct answers to these things, so they're kind of just fully, um, fully opinionated questions. Some of them will will get an answer or our opinions quickly. Some of them will be more discussion. So, um, first off, let's start with an easy one. What language will we speak in heaven? One, the similar one. <laughs> it w- I think we'll all talk the same language, but Aramaic. That'd be cool, but it would, you know. It'll, it'll just be English in our ears because, you know, English is, I mean, do you guys speak any other languages? I, I would like to say no. I speak a little Spanish. No, Spanish, too. No, you don't. <laughs> I took Spanish one, two, no, three, and I took Spanish in college, but so, you can call me 
fluent. So <laughs> you couldn't speak a lick of it. Hola, senora. Boom, that's a lick right there. Nothing. But, I mean, yeah, like, we're all going to understand each other. So whether it's like telekinesis, like, you know, it's like me. Like, we're, you know, you can just communicate with anyone. I'm, it's probably like that, but we all just yeah, comprehend I it. I mean, for us, yeah. we wouldn't know any difference. I mean, you, like, you don't hear Spanish. You hear a Spanish voice in your head? No. Yeah, so. I wish I did. So <laughs> you and I and all of us will not know any difference, you know, from any other language besides that we can just communicate with everyone else around us. That makes sense. You guys kind of agree? Yeah, I agree with that. I'll agree with that. Just Je- no, Hank's going to be, be speaking Korean. And you're like, oh. Yeah, well, he is half awesome. Korean. Polynesian. I love it. Yeah, and fi- Filipino. Filipino, not Polynesian. Um, <laughs> same thing, basically. What do you get at Chick fil A for sauces, pal? <laughs> ranch, brother, ranch. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely from the Midwest. I mean, I got a big old tub of ranch in there, too. I, I go through probably half as much as you do in a week. Real yeah, put ranch on like anything. Three tubs in a week. And you. Hank wakes up late at the night in the night and just you got guzz and no kidding. It's Hidden Valley light though, so you know it's half the okay, calories. Okay, okay. Half the calories. But he he's doesn't need H2O. <laughs> his body runs on ranch. It's in his veins. Um. So that also the thing that you were talking about with marriage, will we still be married to our spouses in heaven? No, we will be brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's what I I literally told my dad when I was home with. I was like, you're just my brother, man. Just my brother. <laughs> I was saying to my yeah. mom, just my sisters. Straight and, up, I agree. And you know, the girl, yeah, the girls that are here on Earth now, like that, you might like. You get married to one of them, you know, have kids with one of them. We're just all followers of Jesus Christ. We're all children of the Father. So, we're all just souls. Yeah, all souls, and 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 our 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 beings will go up to heaven to be with to be with Jesus. And we, you won't care about this. That's the funny thing is. It's hard to think about. It's we won't care about. about it at all because we'll just be so infatuated with the presence of God. There is nothing else. There is no other fulfillment right in our lives here and in heaven outside of Jesus Christ, God. Right? Yeah. Will Will we be in the form of like beings, or will we just be like glorified, a spirit, a consciousness, glorified beings? We'll get our glorified we'll bodies. Have a form. So we won't just be a spirit. When it says that in the Bible, yeah, in some when places. we when we're taken up, we'll get like. When when God destroys, because that, that's what's crazy. This is what I also wanted to talk about. So when God, you know, destroys heaven and earth and create, makes an all-new one at the end of uh, Judgment Day, right? When he comes and judges everyone, there'll be a thousand years where, where Jesus will rule on earth, right? Yes. So, two thousand years from, from Adam and Eve to the flood. Two thousand years from the flood to Jesus. In 2,000 years from Jesus to us now. What year is it? 2024? It's coming. The rapture's coming. So, right? So here it is. The seventh day of creation was what? Rest. Rest. So isn't it a crazy thought that 6,000 years goes by up until we're here now with us. And then the 7,000th year, the seventh day of creation, Jesus Christ will reign on earth over all with a new heaven and a new earth. And, and I'm not even sure, you know, how that's the, the millennium, I think, as it's called, the thousand years where Jesus rules. And it's just great. And there's peace. It's back to the Garden of Eden, right? It's back to how it was with Adam and Eve. New earth. And, and no one, you know, no one's, you know, Hank and I aren't fighting over for the last friggin' piece of ramen noodle Korean corn dogs. We're just sharing, like, lovingly, you know, and giving each other kisses and 
when Hank smells all good like Whoa, he does pause. now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, There's some tension growing in here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Hank's got some some pheromone uh, cologne on, and it's drawing me near that, to him. That's his testosterone radiating, bud. No kidding. I'm catching the whiff of it from the wind. <laughs> like Hank's good closer to me. I'd, I'd like him in the middle so we can all stand. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, okay, so this is... Uh, this is not at all a judgment question, but more of just a curiosity question. Do the souls of abortioned babies go to heaven? Yes! Crazy. What form would they be in then? They're given, I mean, that's the thing, like, uh, obviously you're not going to be a newborn baby in heaven. Like, you're not going to be like, eh, you know, you're going to be able to talk, communicate, mm-hmm. right? So I'm sure, like, God gives, you know, you an appropriate age, because how old were Adam and Eve when they were? You know, Probably created. like 30 to 50. Right, third. It could have been 33, let's say. You know, let's give it Jesus's, you know, age of 33. Um, yeah, you're just 33 years old or you're 12 years old. or. But that's the thing. In heaven, I feel like we're all just going to be like kids. Literally, heaven might just be all of us as kids because, you know, th- those who, who are like children inherit the kingdom of God, right? So yes. we're supposed to, we're called to be like children for Jesus, you know, to follow him like children, to act like children in our lives. And it's it's just that n- that naiveness of all that's evil around us, just to push it away and just to focus on Jesus, focus on the good things, and, and all that He gives us, because that's all heaven will be is Jesus and the good things, and we'll be you know like children, not worrying about this and that. We'll just be focused on our Lord Jesus Christ. Love. I agree. Yeah, heaven. That'd be crazy for all these ch- children. Yeah, abortion. The abortions, you know, a, a very sad thing, but you know. That's even up to the age of maybe three or four, kids who die are all in heaven. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I'm willing to guarantee that every single child that has died under the age of like five maybe is in under, heaven. Under, before you know? they were able to understand. Yeah, right. So until you can you understand that you're I'm making this bad decision and I understand the consequences, mm-hmm. you know, that's when that's when God says, all right, you have your free will. I agree. Do what you please with it. You know, you can choose me. Or you can choose away from me. Yeah. Once you gain understanding of that free will. Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing because most kids, right, most kids do choose God. In, ge- in general, right, kids are, we're all, as humans, our, na- our nature is evil, right? Your parents don't mm-hmm. teach you to do bad things. They teach you to do good things. We're taught to do good things and we're punished for our bad things, right? So kids naturally, you know, will hit, bite, scratch, you know, purposely poop themselves. But, you know. Just kidding. Hmm. That's natural, Perfect. right? It's natural. Yeah. Natural. You're not supposed to crap all over the floor. You're not supposed to, th- you know, when you walk in your mu- your mu- your parents' bedroom, what is it, honey? I froze up everywhere. You know? And your parents are like, come on, dude. <laughs> Where did you throw up? Yeah. The sink? The toilet? <laughs> I froze up really on my bed. All over myself. You know? Your parents are pissed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do we do bad stuff naturally, so... Yeah, all all that all the kids that don't understand heaven. Yeah. Luckily, that's, that's just a great the thing. innocence of a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, one more question based on heaven alone, and then we'll move on to the next uh, topic. If God is omnipresent, will He or is He also in hell? No. I have two scriptures behind the belief of this, so I'll read them to you, um, and they they are contradicting to each other. But one is from Revelations and one is from Second Thessalonians. So Second Thessalonians one nine says they will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and His glorious power. So saying that 
God will not be in hell. Revelation 14.10 says, though, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. So the Lamb is Jesus. The holy yes. angels are, yeah, angels. So God is everywhere, but God is not in hell because the, that's literally what hell is, is the, the riddance of God. There is no God. There is no Jesus. There is no, you know, sacrifice of the Lamb for our sins, of, you know, for repentance because it's too late, right? You had your opportunity. You know, you're in hell. Hell is void. Hell is nothing. Hell is the, the torment of knowing that you'll never see God again. That's the worst thought in the whole world that you could ever come to as a human being is realizing that you'll never get to see your creator ever again. You'll never get to be with him. You'll never get to be in his presence and enjoy his his omnipotent and omnipresent love, right? It's never it's never ending and it's everywhere. So, yeah, hell, there is no... There, hell is, is for, you know, people that chose not to have God and not to choose God. And, and in that place... Because they chose that, there is no God. What I think could be the possible case is that God is there, but he's unable to be seen by the people. And what you're saying that they um, will never be able to see their creator again, but that God, because he is everywhere all the time, he uh, is able to still be there that the people in hell won't be able to see well it, to the certain extent that god is the reasoning for all this stuff happening in hell mm-hmm. right he's 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 the one who decided that because you know satan wanted to be like god in heaven that he was going to go be, be cast down to earth be cast into hell right him and all his angels will be tormented more than anyone else more than any human satan and his demons will be tormented a thousand times worse than any human because they've done so many w- much more worse things, you know. And, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, Satan still thinks he's he might be winning his little tiny battles mm-hmm. every day in our lives or in the lives of other people. But he's lost the grand scheme. He's lost the, f- the final full battle. Jesus conquered Satan when he went to hell and grabbed the keys, right? So that's the other topic you want to talk about, too. He came to the form of man, and God, or the devil, tried tempting him and pulling him down. But he defeated him by staying true to God and pure. No cap. Relates, I guess. Do you think people who died before Jesus came were judged as strictly as people after Jesus came? And were they offered another chance to be redeemed? What do you guys think? I think they were offered a... What's the word for it? Second chance. Yeah, I think they're offered a second chance. Sorry, it's because they was on. He wasn't present yet. It, mm-hmm. was, it wasn't much of an understanding. Like there was, like obviously, they, there's knowledge of Christianity, but not to the point where he showed himself mm-hmm. on Earth as a. Earth, uh, yeah, the belief. Form. There was the belief yeah. in God, you know, but. There wasn't the sacrifice of Jesus yet, so Jesus yet. So it was a completely different form of judgment. Like before, it was the ten laws you were judged by, but God realized we were so broken that we can't follow those. So that's why He had to send His Son, Jesus. And now the only way to make it to heaven is by believing Jesus. That's really all it is. So it's not really you're judged by those ten laws and condemned for those. Yeah. What do you think, Tyler? What I think is it. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that they had a second 
chance um, because there were so few people in the earth I think that everybody had at least an opportunity to know who God was Mm -hmm. and so I think that it depends like your your sins weren't your judgment you weren't judged based on your sins the same way that we aren't judged based on our sins but it's by our heart and the desire that you have and and you can see in the old testament that throughout the entire time god's pursuit was our heart but before he gave us the holy spirit we were not allowed for our hearts to be transformed we were given really hard hearts that were that's why we lived in our sinful nature you can see that through the israelites as they are constantly shown god's presence constantly shown his goodness and faithfulness and provision but they still choose, choose to go evil, against yeah. him because their hearts were hardened and they didn't have a way to communicate with God. So then in in the same common theme that Jesus or that God was in pursuit of our hearts, he sent his son Jesus to give us the Holy Spirit as a way to defeat our um, hardened hearts and become transformed in God. So you can see the same parallel from the Old Testament where God pursued our hearts, but we were hard, or our hearts were hardened, and we couldn't see Him. Mm-hmm. And G- Jesus comes, gives us the Holy Spirit, and then now in our walks as Christianity, you can see that like the biggest difference that believing in Jesus and God makes is your heart becomes transformed. Mm-hmm. So it's like the the same parallel theme is throughout it all. So I believe that people that believed in God, even if they continued to defy Him, yeah, um, if they still believe that. Like there was still repentance though too. Yeah. Like it was just different style. So mm-hmm. like now we you know we repent to Jesus, you know, w- for the works that He did on the cross for us. But before the Lamb came, before Jesus came, you know, you had to sacrifice animals right for your sins, right? You had to repent o- through the offering, right, the altar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you did wrong to your brother, you know, well that's the crazy thing back then. You know, if you ma- if we made a covet, you know, if I made a deal with Hank. Or if I made a deal with Xander and I said, all right, I'm putting my word on the line. I'm putting my life on the line. You'd, you know, cut a bowl and the two of you would walk. This is Jewish tradition. You'd walk in between the two halves of the bowl and you'd, you know, say, all right, uh, I'm making this covenant with you and you're making it with me. And if you throw us, break it, this is what will happen to us. They'll, they'll literally cut you in half, right? That's, that's the consequence. Death is the consequence of you breaking your word. So the times were different. You know, you had to sacrifice animals at the altar. That's why Cain and Abel, you know, brought their offerings. Cain brought his offering and it wasn't his best Abel brought his and it was the best it was his it was his little lamb it was it was the best of his flock right and God saw that you know Abel was giving all that he had all the best of what he had to his of his heart of his own of his things that he had to God and Abel gave you know the mediocre stuff so just the heart is judged God always judges the heart God knows our hearts more than we do and he'll judge us according to that so ultimately it just comes down to the intention of your heart yeah where that lies but also, at, there was no, that's, I was reading about this last night, there was no he- instant heaven or hell in the Old Testament. When people died, they did not go to heaven, and they did not go to hell. There was a place in between, which is interesting. It's, it's a really hard... Purgatory. Yeah, there's a lot of different words for it. Or like there's, so, Abraham's bosom. So, we, there's a lot of speculation as to what purgatory is, and, like, and, you know, shoal and all this stuff, whatever it is. But, you know, Abraham's bosom is the perfect description of it. Abraham's bosom is a place where it was separated by a gulf. It was a good place with, like, there was no bad. You know, it was a great place. Uh, I can't remember. It's called Shoal, Shoal I think. Um, 
that's where Abraham was with Lazarus, right? The story of Lazarus, the, the man yes. who died, right? And then the, the rich man was on the other side of this gulf in this place in torment. Right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good place. It was not good. He was struggling. It was hot. You know, he said, Abraham, just, you know, please tell, get Lazarus to dip his fingers in the water up there or, or over there and, 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 and reach through and, and to this bosom or whatever and, and let me just take the, the littlest of water off his fingertips. And Abraham's like, sorry, I can't do that, pal. And Lazar- or this, this rich man, right, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, right? the rich man's like, come on, just let me know. But the, the story of the rich man and Lazarus is Lazarus had nothing. Right, he was poor and he was dying there uh, on the gates, and the people were helped. Some people helped him, some people didn't. Whatever the rich man saw him and did not help him, right? And and Lazarus died, and and Lazarus died, and the rich man died, and the rich man went to Hades, and Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. So Abraham's bosom was a good place, and then not and and then there was Hades, which was bad. Not until Jesus came did Abraham's the people in Abraham's bosoms go up to heaven, because then. There was a place for them. So ever since Jesus died on the cross, anyone who died that was a believer was instantly in the presence of Jesus Christ, in, in, in God's presence. Mm-hmm. But before that, you would just go to this place, right? So it's completely different now. The law has completely changed how everything works. Jesus changed it. He changed the rule book. He fixed it all, you know, and, and everything goes through him. He's the QB. He's the OC. But what about in Genesis when it talks about he separated the heavens? So that's just the space above and the space below. So... I mean, however our, uh, the earth that we live on is set up, there's a blow, right? The, whether it's water, whether it's the, the, the earth's core, whether it's hell, you know, whether it's we're in a, 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 our, our dimension that we can see, then there's heaven above, and then there's, there's hell below, and they're just kind of dimensions, dimensions, planes, or realms where you go to them, but you, we, I can't get to hell right now being alive, and I can't get to heaven right now being alive. I have to die and become a spirit form to get to those, you know, dimensions or those places, I guess. Um, depending on what I believed in, I guess. But yeah. You mentioned something about Cain and Abel that brought this question up to me. Um, and Hank, Xander, and I talked about it a little bit last night. But uh, how long do you think Adam and Eve were in the garden? Not very long because they got sent out of there. I mean, could, I mean, well, that's the thing. Actually, I can't even say not very I can't say any time because pretty sure um it could have been no three years it could have been 150 years it could have been a thousand years type of thing Mm -hmm. not sure it just says you know Mm -hmm. that they were in there and that they were doing all the stuff they're naming the animals like living with god's creation everything was in harmony you know Mm -hmm. and then they sinned and they fell you know and then they were cast out of eden they would never be able to go back so it could have been any portion of time yes let me let me talk some numbers to you. Adam was 130 years old when he had Seth, mm-hmm. his youngest son that's talked about in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Cain, Abel, Seth. Right before Seth was born, Cain killed Abel because Eve said, thank you, God, for giving me another son in place of Abel. So meaning that Cain and Abel were both old enough to make their own decisions by bringing their sacrifices to God and Cain being old enough to make the decision to kill his brother. Mm-hmm. So they c- you could assume that they were anywhere from 25 to 50 years old mm-hmm. when the first mur- murder happened. So that makes Adam 80 years to 105 years where either Adam and Eve lived in the garden with God mm-hmm. or they were banished for that long without bearing children. 
So the cr normal creation story often points to the time Adam and Eve were in the garden to be a very short time frame. But this could mean, like you were saying, that it could be hours, days, or even a hundred years. I mean, yeah, you never know because it's God's time. So, and but they had tons of kids. So that's mm -hmm. those one of your questions. Eighteen. Then. What? It says eighteen. Probably a lot more than that, mm -hmm. according to the different, you know. Depends on where you read Ways from. that well, well, the thing is, like, how did Adam and Eve populate the earth, or how did Adam and mm -hmm. Eve have kids? How did all these people come about in in the earth that that were at that time? And you know, th what's that question? What was that? What's that one question? The question about Adam and Eve popping, populating yeah. the earth. Yeah, is this still on there? How did Adam and Eve populate the earth? Yeah. So <laughs> there's the eggs. There's two. Yeah, two ways, pretty much, that there became about people. So yes, yeah, so they had their kids. The ones that were talked about, but there's also tons of other kids that are talked about, right? Yeah, because it so never talks about daughters, so yeah. how would you ever get... So, one, God created Adam and Eve perfect in, in, in the image of God, right? And even when they were cast out of uh, he or cast out of Eden, they're still their genetics were the only, like, like one of one type of thing, right? It yes. Adam and there was Eve. Pure. So, pure genetics. No mutations in the genetics. Mm -hmm. So, incest is only... Uh, this is such an interesting and weird topic, especially nowadays with yeah. e everything and everyone, you know, Alabama folks and whatnot. Just kidding. Maybe <laughs> <you> Nebraska, <laughs> Cornhuskers. No, 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 chill. no, no. There's three of us here, bud. <laughs> we overpower you. So, um, yeah, so they could have, you know, their kids just could have, you know, had sex with each other and repopulated and had kids and more kids and more kids. And it was, wasn't unhealthy anyway. The only reason why uh, incest is realistically bad nowadays is because there's so many mutations in the human gene pool now. So you can get, you know, down syndrome you can get yeah different like physical mutations mutations are mm -hmm. even just your eye color or your hair color right so anything that happens to your body because of your genetics are mutations so over time yeah our, our mutations are, are tough you know it, the, the percentage of down syndrome babies after the age of 30 increases like every year so you know if your mom and dad had you at 35 the chances of you becoming a down syndrome baby you know in the womb were high because of genetic mutations over time and the, the constant repetition of similarity in the gene pool. So that's why, you know, if, if two identical twins, you know, a girl and a boy were to you know, have a child and the child looks exactly like them, that, like, is, is it's a scary thing. The kid could either be an identical match to, their, to what they look like and, and super similar genetics, or the kid could just, you know, become, you know, deformed, have, you know, a disease, whatever it is. Yeah, disabilities, mutations. So there's that that Adam and Eve's kids, you know, just had sex with each other, and it was he it was healthy and fine. Then there was no bad. There was just pure genetics, and it wasn't a weird thing. Then there was just people. Po they were just people, right? Like if mm -hmm. we were brothers, and we were only four brothers on Earth, and we had sisters. Nobody, you know, on the internet uh, in society is like, hey, that's gross. Don't do that. And there's no doctors saying, you know, that's unhealthy because of, you know incest is you know the two similarity in gene pools right is what's so bad about it so there's either that or god just planted more people on the earth that he doesn't talk about you know he put more people maybe he even just spliced a little chick in there a few girls he just went you know down to earth and yeah. you know these chicks appeared and you know the, the men had sex with them and then continued and continued and continued because the same thing with adam or abraham and uh his kids, right? Mm -hmm. And Noah and his kids. So that's always a tough question for people that don't believe, but according to science, you know, there are reasonings for it being, you know, valid. 
And obviously, like Hank, you guys are saying, you can't put limitations on God no matter what. You cannot put limitations on what God can or cannot do because mm-hmm. we don't know. We're just, you know, we got pea brains out here. Yeah, I was thinking, like, it would be totally, it would totally make sense that God made it so, like, in the reproduction of the genes, he just made sure that during that time while the earth was being populated through Adam and Eve that mutations like that weren't a thing yet. Yeah. He was, like, just paid super careful attention to and you know that stuff and people that are like could watch us and see us talk about this incest stuff they're gonna be like oh that's so gross god your god would l- allow people siblings to have sex with each other and stuff and it's like you and your minuscule little brain <laughs> open up open up your mind and realize that there are things above our understanding and you can't comprehend things that are above our little pea brain so it is totally valid that god could have done anything he wishes or willed with our existence and our creation you cannot put limitations on god be careful how you do that do not test the lord your god that is dangerous he will show you the things you need to learn mm-hmm. and it might not be right like george janko says it might not be the way you want to, to see it you know when logan paul on his little podcast says present thyself like god you know show me yourself you know you're it's a pretty minuscule being asking a, a big guy up in heaven you know yeah. the creator of the world ruler master maker wonderful to you know, present his self to you. That's And when Satan was trying to tempt Jesus to uh, jump off the cliff to prove to that his God's real because his God wouldn't uh, let him hit the, the rocks below, below um, Jesus even said, like, you're not supposed to test your God. Test the Lord your God. And it, we do it all the time. It's hard not to, right? Yeah. I mean, just in general, recently, I just really feel, I really want to feel and, and hear God's voice, you know? I want to feel special in the way where I can hear the that that's you know that you know people hear stories of people saying you know I just heard God to tell me to stop the car or to not do this or whatever it was and it's a distinct powerful voice that they hear I, like I, I I'm like God I want to hear that from you I want to hear that voice you know I want to hear Jesus' voice mm-hmm. but I I remind myself I have to be careful for 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 asking these things and putting God to the test yeah. in my life yeah because he, he might smack you in the face in, in the way you might not expect in, in order to hear his voice and yeah he speaks to us in different ways like you said like i just had that feeling to stop the car or whatever like i think i've mentioned it before but that saying like prayers you talking to god and that intuition you have is like god talking back like that's him speaking to you in like a spiritual way you know so that's why a lot of people say like follow your gut follow that intuition Mm -hmm. because a lot of times that's pointed the right direction because that could be like god speaking to you or directing you i feel like it takes a while to practice that and discerning what voice is from god and what voice is from yourself and, and say that's up to us studying the bible because in order to know god the characteristics of god mm-hmm. right? and jesus we know that when the voice in our head you know after we fall into temptation the voices in our head aren't the, the ones that are saying oh you're not worth it yeah. god can never love you because of things you've done you're such a sinner you're so sinful you know you should step away from god because you're, you know you're so evil you're so bad god doesn't love you that's saying that's 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 negative demonic Satan in your head. That's not Jesus. Jesus is the one who's sitting down there with you while you're on your knees saying, hey, pal, like, I know you messed up, but I love you. I love you with all my heart, I, and I've, I've loved you before the, the foundation of the earth. I've loved you before I created everything. I knew you, and I loved you, and it's a, such a powerful thought to think that, and it touches my soul over and over thinking about that, but yeah, that's the, the, the voices that are telling you that you should give up are Satan, and, and that's not Jesus. That's not the voice of God. So yeah. He loves us in our brokenness, and 
Yeah, those are like just lies from the devil trying to pull you away from God. But that's why you got to armor yourself in the armor of God and, there you know, is. have the sword of the spirit or the word. There it is. Evil right evil there, book. Everything it says, you know, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth. Mm-hmm. All yep. of it. You got to spirit. Get it all out. Yep, you got to plate yourself in the armor of God. That's the only way, right? That's the only way to defend ourselves against these evil rulers and principalities, these these things behind closed doors in our world we live in the economy the government it's all ran by these these this the, the secretive people behind and those are the people that are trying to ruin our lives those are the people that are putting all the social media all this stuff in front of our faces you know all the, the the bad food the 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 processed food that isn't healthy for our bodies you know all this stuff that combines to just make our lives harder mm-hmm. and you know putting on the full armor of god and, and having the fruits of the spirit that's the only way to fight through all this evil torment in the world that we live in that was brought to us by ourselves it's our nature adam and eve are us right Th- there's not only was it literal the genesis story but it's also symbolic to our lives now because not literal would be us being able to, to see and to understand it through the bible like looking at it and understanding the story it's symbolic in our lives now understanding that we're the same you know we choose to to, to take that fruit and eat that fruit every time we sin right so Spir- it's just the same we're constantly on a spiritual battleground a lot of different questions came up while i was listening to you talk one of the questions I'm going to ask is, do you think that demons are possessing the people that are behind the things like you're saying, social media, the producers of social media, the producers of people who uh, create laws to, to hurt you or uh, different things like that, like the leaders of corporations yeah. that are out to, to hurt you? Well, I mean, in our own, I mean, we even know in our own lives enough bad of enough just unhealthiness of one thing like too much of one thing just accepts a lot of bad energy you know if you're just constantly giving or even you you it's up to you like you can only accept things demons and the devil cannot get to you unless you accept it and you let it in so you know people talk about demonic possession and and just demon energy inside people you know i mean alcohol is a type of it's a it's a it's a thing that helps, you know, bad spirits and bad energy get inside of you because your walls are broken down. You're not the same person you were when you were sober a few hours ago. And the alcohol just gets you to do and say things that you might not do when you're sober, when you're in your good mind. Mm-hmm. So that being said, in our lives, accepting bad and evil things and the repetition of it just brings you farther and farther away from God, allowing more and more evil things to get in. So, yeah, these people that are above us in government all they're seeking is is the wrong type of wisdom the wrong type of power the wrong type of glory they're giving none of it to god and taking it all for themselves right money fame all this stuff that's all they want mm-hmm. and what's wisdom job twenty eight twenty eight, the fear of the lord is true wisdom and to forsake evil is real understanding so for us in our lives all we need to do is fear the lord you know and all that comes with that and that's tr- that's true wisdom that's real understanding in the world we live in these people that are seeking and i even just felt convicted of this recently i've i've always wanted to be a really smart person in my life and just like i used to be dumb as what you know people would say or or i would thought about myself i used to be not very smart and after obtaining wisdom that i didn't think i could learn i was like dang you know i'm kind of smart and then i felt you know well maybe i'm not that smart again but it just the constant you know pressure of god saying hey you know be humble right mm-hmm. humble yourself those who humble themselves will be exalted and those who exalt themselves will be humbled right mm-hmm. so 
Just sit low, fear the Lord, obtain information to benefit God, to benefit others, to, to bring more people to, to the Holy Spirit and, and to, to accepting Jesus. Otherwise, all that other wisdom and power that you, and, and fame and money that we might want, what might want will lead us away from God. It will leave us into evil. So that's what all those people in government and corporations and, and, and ruling the world and Satan, uh, it just influences them in that way, and that's all they want. No God, just, just power, fame, you know, wisdom. And there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. You know, knowledge is, like you were saying, the social standard of knowing things or whatever, but true wisdom, the true source of wisdom is in the Bible, and that's mm -hmm. why it's so important to uh, read the Word, study the Word, and understand it, because that's the true source of wisdom. And wisdom is much more than even knowing things and understanding things. It's also the way you live, applying the mm. things you learn in the Bible into Amen. your life. Amen. Because, like God says, a fool is someone who knows the word but doesn't apply it to their life and actually live by it. Mm. So that's another aspect of wisdom. Great point. Facts, facts, facts. Pray for wisdom. Pray for understanding. Uh, when you believe something to be true, it will come. You know, if all if you have a dream or a desire in your life that is abiding by the rules and the law and, and the heart of God, the heart of Jesus, and you want it and you and you pray for it, it will come to be. If you want wisdom in your life, if you want strength, if you want, uh, you know, the, the strength to to get rid of temptation, and you believe it and you want it to to happen, you want it to be true, you want it to be in your life. You pray it to Jesus, and you believe it to be true, and it will happen. The, the thought of prayer, the, the, the action of prayer, and believing it to be true is what makes prayer real. When you believe that God will make it happen, that is what makes it happen, right? That's what a prayer request is. It's like, God, I need you to do this for me. You know, it's a need, not a want. You know, I want this person to be healed, you know, because the power of prayer and healing is so real, and I do it a, a good amount of time whenever someone's sick, even just when... I see people out and about at work. When I see little girls, this little girl, she definitely was going through like leukemia treatment, or, or uh, um, she had leukemia. And she was going through chemo treatment, and I just was like, Lord, just pray for this little this little girl, like to just be over her, because you know your presence like cures all, and 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 just like not even that she needs to be cured, but that you'll just be with her, Lord, and that you'll bless her body with you know supernatural healing and stuff, but. Right. Pray and believe to be true. And that's like the form of manifestation that I believe is mm -hmm. like when you're praying to God and it aligns with his law and is uh, ultimately for good with good intention. And you believe it all in your heart that God is able to do that for you. Like um, Philippians 4.13, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it's like that's the form of manifestation that I believe is when you go to God confidently that he will fulfill that because he promises like, um, he's going to give you good fruit when you're doing his work and it's good intentions. It aligns with his purpose good or fruit whatever. Good fruit. Yeah. So it's like, that's a form of manifestation, you know, just mm -hmm. believing that prayer you're saying and wholeheartedly believing that, uh, God will fulfill that having faith in it. And there's a verse that talks about it. I don't know what it's called, but it's like, if you follow, if you fully believe in Jesus, he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would like to talk about how that could be a bad thing because of our sinful nature. But what that really means is that our desires will become God's desires. And then he'll give us those desires. So like you were saying, like if it lines up with God's will and it's like a good thing and doesn't hurt people. It's then uplifting like, to him. Yeah. yeah, then then he will give that to you. 
I should pray a lot for like money. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Dear Lord, let me get my money up. Let me get my bag. Like, actually, finding God and like believing Him a lot more than I used to. Like now, it's not even. A, that's like a zero percent desire I have. Yeah. It's not yeah. finding money. Well, if you pray for wisdom, what comes with wisdom? Understanding and, and knowledge of the world. So if you if I pray for wisdom in all aspects of life, my wisdom that I prayed for from God that He gives to me will allow me to you know do well in my field. You know, if I'm dear Lord, help me to do well at my job. Help me to you know uh, do all that my boss requires of me. Because you know the Bible still talks about respecting your elders, respecting your authorities. You know, it's tough to give. Our, our effort towards the government because it definitely is so corrupt in, in the way it mm-hmm. operates. So I kind of would stay away from that. But just in general, your job um, and who you work for, you know, your parents, all that people above you, respect them and you do do what they ask. You know, in, in all ways that fall by, by God. But just like you know, I used to do the same thing. Lord, you know, help. Uh, you know, give me a million dollars yeah, type of thing. Give me right? that Lambo, please. Yeah, come on, man. Like, yeah, I've been doing good. You know, stuff like that when I was younger, but. Over time, it's just wisdom brings those things. Like Solomon, he prayed. God said, what do you want? Anything that you want, I'll we'll give to you. What is that you want? And he prayed for wisdom. And everything came of it. And like you said, the intention of the heart is everything. Like it even says, if you do good, good will be given to you. But you can't do good with the intention that you know good will come. Because then that's not a pure intention. That's not a true, pure heart and the reason you're doing it. You know, yeah. you should be doing good to honor God and to show what Jesus's love was like. And just to uplift our brothers and sisters around us, yeah. you know. So it's like good will be given to you, but you can't do good just so good's given to you. Because yeah. God knows your true intention. Give and you shall receive, right? Yep. Knock and the door will, will be opened to you. Like I was saying to Mr. Hank. I mean, like, if you give, like, we even, I knew, uh, he was, Tyler was trying to do a lot of giving at the same time that I was trying to do a lot of giving, and I'm sure you guys were too, but, like, giving's hard, because, like, if you give away, like, $50, right, to us, like, 100 or $50 or $20 or $5, it's valuable to us, like, in our states, you know, mm-hmm. we need money, right, to operate, but what does money do for us? Like, money does nothing for us, but money can make other people's lives better, right? So, us understanding that, you know, we, it doesn't take money for us to be happy. It doesn't take money for us to follow Jesus. It, it, it only takes, you know, Jesus in our hearts to, to you know, have that want. Yeah. But having Jesus in our heart makes us want to give. So giving away all the stuff that we have will only multiply. The way that you give, you know, now, the, when we have an open, righteous heart uh, right, and do good when giving, our, our, like we'll get hundredfold in heaven, you know. And, and not the point of that is not looking for our, our pleasures in heaven. It's looking f- forward to, you know, heaven and, and, and its treasures, but doing the good that Jesus calls us to do while we're here on earth. You know, that's what it is. And I feel like the more that you give, the less attached you become to that stuff. Because yeah. I, like you guys were saying, was defined by my, in my childhood as the need for money. Like I always based my Chasing success on how much money I had and that was my only life goals and like even as I started to become more of a Christian and and dive deeper into my faith like I still kind of had the desire to it but it wasn't until I started giving the money away that I realized how valueless it is how how it has no value you're you're not measured by the materialistic things of the world the earthly things you know, the money, the status, none of that. You're not measured by that. You're measured by your heart and, like, reflecting God's character. 
And so, like, even the verse in the Bible where it talks about the materialistic things, when we die, it's going to rust, it's going to be taken over by moths. The only thing that continues is your soul, you know. Mm -hmm. We came into this world with nothing material-wise. We're yeah. leaving this world with nothing material-wise. So, That's really, so in the long scheme right. of things, that stuff, there's no value to it. It's what's inside that is true value. Yeah. yeah. Going on top of that, like you said, not, not, none of these clothes, none of these papers, none of these books, right? The Word of God lasts, right? Our souls last. The only thing that you can actually take with you to heaven is each other. Right, is other people, other believers. That's the only thing in our world that you can actually physically take with you, and I guess in a spiritual sense, is other people. Like if you get, you know, this guy to get on the Bible, and if you get, you know, some chick to, to look into the Word and, and, and you get someone to accept the Word of God, then that's who, those are, that's the thing you're bringing with, is other believers. That's yeah. the kingdom. Yep. Great point. And like Tyler, what you're saying, how you become less attached to the money when you like start giving it away and all that and how we were talking about how God speaks to us. Just think how good you feel after you give away and help a brother or sister, you know? You get that feeling inside you that just is irreplaceable, that nothing matches up to you. You just have such a good feeling inside, and it's not a feeling of, like, pride, like, oh, I'm a good person, I did that. It's just the fact that you know you're honoring God and uplifting your brother and sister around you. And that's, yeah. that's also one valid thing that makes me think is, Money isn't re the only way that we can love our peers to love others, right? The, the only two things that God calls us to do is love him and love others, right? So loving doesn't, and I've had a, actually I realized this a while back, but my understanding of loving for a while was just a little bit just giving away money, right? Like so much, because everybody loves money in general. You know, it helps make things easier, easier sometimes, not having to worry. But I realize that money isn't the only way, right, that I can show love to others. So uh, it can be, you know, acts of kindness and all this stuff, you know. So so we should try to practice all types of love to, to our fellow peers and stuff. Because yeah. for myself, I was just like, oh, you know, how can I, you know, give people money? Because, you know, people love money. It helps. Yeah, money can be nice and whatnot. But there's other things that really dig deep. Like, like the other day, I picked up Tyler from the airport. All these, these turds were working, and I, I grabbed myself a protein shake, and I got him one, too, and he gets in the car. I'm like, here you go. He's like, that's for me? I was like, yeah, of course, and it's just a simple protein shake, but he thanked me after. He's like, thanks for the protein shake, and I said, I appreciate you know, you, you being grateful. You know, I'm sure Jesus loves it, too, and I, I tried to give you, know, you, you that thing. It's just a simple gesture, you know, mm -hmm. just in general, but just stuff like that, simple, it's small the, things. It's the right? principle yeah. behind yeah. it. Yeah. I agree. All right, really quickly, we're going to go back to one more question about Adam and Eve before we move on to the Ark of the Covenant. Um, just quickly, what caused there to be different races if we are all descendants of Adam and Eve? There are two basic schools of thought that I found. Some believe that when God confused the languages at the Tower of Babel and scattered the people throughout the earth, he also created racial diversity and changed their skin tone depending on where they moved and the climate they were going to. So that's one explanation. And the other explanation is that Adam and Eve possessed the genes to produce black, brown, and white skin colored offspring since God desired humanity to be diverse in opinion or appearances. Ugh. It would make sense that he would give Adam and Eve the ability to produce children of different skin tones. What do you guys think? What do you think? I think it's a lot because of the different regions like if primarily if you're born in a hotter region you're gonna get darker skin color more pigmentation so yeah. mm -hmm. you don't burn as easy mm -hmm. you know 
and like you don't die, like get a disease. I think that's a huge reason why. But yeah, I could be wrong. I think like what you said, when God scattered us throughout the earth, He wanted diversity. So, like we said earlier, you can't doubt the power of God. You know, if He wanted to make someone colored and to adapt to the region He put them in, then that's what He's doing. Yeah. Yep. You could simply just do that with the snapping of a thing with a finger or a thought. I seen this thing. It was a I can't remember what YouTube channel was by, but it was like an informative Christian channel, and it said that all. Like, there's three main types of colors that we are, right? We can be white, Caucasian, black, which it's, like, called something, like, Negroid or something like that. And then Asian, which was, I can't remember, the, it starts with a K or something. But those are the three kind of main colors of, of region. So, you know, Africa, everyone's dark. They've got a lot more pigment in their skin, right? Closer to the equator. Like, and then you go higher up. Like, if you go way up, right, where it's cold, the, the pale skin, right? Caucasians, right, the Russians, or, you know, people in those higher areas, and then you got, like, Asians, which, you know, are, are could be in between, or, you know, the Filipinos are, you know, a little bit darker, and then there's, you know, Indians who are brown, you know, that's Asian, right, so it's, it's a variety, but I think that, I bet Adam and Eve were a certain color towards the darker side, like, maybe, like, mixed in between white and black, and so it, it allow and them being in the middle allows their kids to go both ways to a certain extent, you know. Yeah. Or you know, based on where they're at, but yeah, just like in the Tower of Babylon, I'm sure you know, there was all types of people, and I'm sure that when God mixed up the languages, the people were just you know white people and black people spoke the same language, and they moved over here, and then their people kind of mixed and mixed for years and years and years, and then there was just more black people and they came darker, you know, and then over here there was just more white people and the colors just migrated more towards the lighter, you know, pigmentation in the skin, but mm -hmm. it definitely has something to do with the equator as well and, and heat and, and the sunlight and stuff. Yeah. I can totally see that. Is that recording? Yes. That's interesting. Um, so, I have been super excited about this discussion. Let's talk about what is the Ark of the Covenant and is it still around? Kern, would you like to explain what the Ark of the Covenant is? Yes. So, the Ark of the Covenant was a... It's like the, the tabernacle of God it, where God's presence resided in a time in the Old Testament where the early Israelites would basically take it places and, and it was their source of food at times. It was their everything. But the, the Ark of the Covenant is a, a gold... Um, yeah, tabernacle, Box. altar, right? A little charm type of thing that was, uh, th it was like three cubics in, in length and like two in width or something like that. Just a smaller, not super big box, I guess. But inside it had uh, the Ten Commandments, um, Abraham, or it was uh, Aaron's staff, and there was one other thing, the, a jar of manna, the jar of manna. So those three things were in the Ark of the Covenant. And... God's presence would reside in them inside the temple. The high priests in, you know, in Leviticus, the Levites were the, the priesthood. They would um, go into this. Only the high priest could go into this, the, temp, the tent, the inner tent where God's presence was, where the tabernacle was. And if anyone who wasn't, you know, cleansed of their sin, if you didn't right, kill an animal, sacrifice an animal for your sins before you went into that altar and you weren't holy, you would die. Because you had to be the holiest of the holy, holiest you could as a human be, being B as a priest. Otherwise, you die. Anyone that touched it, dead. And supposedly it was because of gamma or like radiation. It was so strong in God's presence and God's power 
that if you touch it, you die. So they had these little, like, carriers, right, that Levites. weren't a part of it, right? The Levites would have these little, you know, bars to carry it, and they, they'd take it into battle, and they took it everywhere, all until King Nebuchadnezzar conquered the Israelites and took it from them, and that is kind of what it is and, and what it was used for. But, yeah, there's a story where they, they just had to, they had to hold it up and... What, who who's the man, who's the guy that had to keep his arms up for the battle to continue? Remember that story? Yes, I do. He's I can't remember. It was his, maybe Ezekiel or something. I can't remember who it was, but he had to keep. I was thinking Joshua, but I don't really know. I, don't, I can't remember who it was, but he had to keep his arms up, and all yes, the whole no. time he had his arms up when they were fighting, <coughs> Israelites would win. You know, mm-hmm. and um, it had it had to be like it, it could have been Elijah. Elijah. Could have been Elijah. Elijah, maybe. Elijah. Um, Such confusing that they chose the same basic name. But yeah, like the meaning of the Ark of the Covenant was just, it was God's presence for the people, and they took it everywhere they went, and it, yeah, it gave them food a couple times, you know. So what do you, in your personal belief, do you think it's still around, or what do you think it happened to it? I'm not sure, because there, supposedly there's, you know, a little place for it inside the flipping uh, pyramids, there's a little in, inside the little uh, whatever shaft. Supposedly there's a, a a three by two foot cu- or three by two cubic area where supposedly the Ark of the Covenant would be set to generate this radiation power for the. This is all crazy stuff, but for the the pyramids to do a little lime the limestone glow, right? Mm-hmm. For energy and whatnot to to suck in energy from uh the 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 atmosphere, or whatever. But um, I think Ron Wyatt was an archaeologist. Who supposedly found it, right? He supposedly found it uh, like feet, hundreds of feet below um, the the where Jesus was crucified. Mm. So supposedly this is all crazy stuff. This guy, you know, it's not believed. Nobody believes him. It, they they suffice. They they don't let it get out on the internet. But yeah, Ron Wyatt supposedly he found the Ark of the Covenant, and there was dry blood. That had come from the top, from this crack within this little mountain area, all the oh way Jesus. down to the Ark of the Covenant. So supposedly it's Jesus' blood, right? That that reached the tabernacle, that you know pretty much broke the covet of Moses' old law to create the new law, and that yeah, supposedly he tested the blood, and it and there was 24 chromosomes total, 23 from the mom, from Mary, and one from the father. 24 chromosome, chromosomes total, right? And in our genetics. We get all of our mother's, father's genetics, pretty much, right? And then it's spliced with your dad's genetics. So, this guy's saying that this is, this is the blood of Jesus, and they went and tested it in a lab. They, they spliced it, right, where they mix it up and stuff, and then they look at it, and it was living. The blood was alive. This is, like, insane stuff. Like, it's hard to like, you know, believe whether this could be true or whether this yeah. guy's telling the truth. But if he is telling the truth, if he did find the ark, if he did test the blood, and it's living from... Thousands of years from two thousand years ago, mm-hmm. and that's Jesus' blood. And there's twenty four chromosomes and, and twenty three from the mom, one from the father. How does that not make sense? If that's real, yeah. and I which it is, I believe it is true, true and real. How does that not make sense? It makes mm-hmm. full sense, you know? Because yeah, when nobody know, knew where it was after King Nebuchadnezzar conquered the Israelites and took it away. We don't know if they, he brought it to Babylon or, or what, because that's where he ruled or where, whatever he did with it. If he hid it. But supposedly it was hidden in a cave underneath the mountain or the little, like, high-rise of, of area where Jesus was crucified on, the, the hill that Jesus was crucified on. It's like skull something, skull whatever is what it's called. Yeah, the blood from Jesus on the cross fell down into the earth, right, into this little hill, 
down in this crevice, and the Ark of the Covenant was sitting under there. And I mean, it makes sense in my mind, but I'm a little crazy. That's a lot. There's a lot of <laughs> theories a on crazy. this. <laughs> a lot of theories on where it, it where, where it's taken, and if it's still around. I'm gonna tell you about a theory that I did a bunch of research on. Um, so the information that I got this from is from Paul Raphael, who's a Smithsonian journalist. Um, it's posted on the Smithsonian website. Um, I don't know he, if we can trust the Smithsonian people. Well, he they're tra- hiding giant bones no. in the basement of the Smithsonian, bro. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but he traveled to Ethiopia, where um, the Eastern Orthodox people believe that the Ark of the Covenant still is. So um, this is one of the most well-known stories um, of where the Ark of the Covenant is. Um, so it's believed that um, it was either King Solomon or one of the uh, kings that came after him, but this is King Solomon, mm-hmm. um, that he uh, knew that the Babylonians were coming, were going to be coming to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is this queen named Queen Sheba, who is the queen of Othi- Ethiopia. So rich, dude. Queen of Ethiopia. Um, Richest shorty ever. She went to King Solomon in Jerusalem to hear about his wisdom, like you were talking about earlier. Um, and during that time, they conceived a child. And when that child, whose name was Menelik, was 20 years old, he went to see his father in Jerusalem. Um, the, the Eastern Orthodox and Ethiopian people believe that King Solomon sent Levites with Menelik, as well as the Ark, to t- uh, return to Ethiopia to keep it safe. So um, Menelik thought that since he was given the Ark, it was supposed to stay in Ethiopia. Um, it's only one, so it's at this cathedral, St. Mary of Zion's Cathedral in Aksum, Ethiopia. Only one man, a monk known as the Guardian, is allowed to see the Ark, and church authorities have never been allowed to study to determine its authenticity. The Guardian is not only a monk, but a virgin as well. He serves the Ark day and night until he dies and appoints the next Guardian. The Guardian is not allowed to ever leave the chapel. So, there's an, there's an island in Ethiopia called... Ethiopia is a landlocked uh, place, but there's a big sea in it. Um, and, and an island in the sea is called Tana Kirkos, also called the Island of the Ark, where the Ark was evidently taken... This is, this is all of this is based on the Eastern Orthodox and what they believe. Um, it was taken from Axum, where Manelik put it, for a couple hundred years for safekeeping because there were people trying to break in and steal it. The Ark then believed to go back to Axum 1,600 years ago uh, when the king of Ethiopia took it. On this island, which Paul Raphael went to, 125 virgin monks live. Women are banned for centuries from the island to make sure that the monks stay clean. When Paul got to the island, the monks um, told them that Jesus came to this island at the age of two when King Herod had um, said that every baby um, was to be killed um, under the age of two. And I don't remember exactly how far Ethiopia is from Egypt, but I don't think it's too far. Um, And when Paul asked for proof that the monk, his name is Abba Jabri, said, we don't need proof because it's facts. The monks here have passed this down for centuries, kind of like what you were talking yeah. about with the other thing with where her, yeah. 
where uh, the stories were passed down. The monks have also preserved the exact location where Mother Mary and Jesus would sit every morning on the island. Um, This Abba, this Abba, this monk um, told Paul to go to a town called Gondor to understand their deep reverence for the Ark. So Paul went as he was told and met with Archbishop Andreas, the local leader of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. When asked if he had any evidence that the Ark had come to Ep- Ethiopia with Menelik, Andreas responded, These stories were handed down through the generations by our church leaders, and we believe them to be historical facts. Again, the same thing that we would not understand unless we went there. Yeah, the historical, you know, path. Mm-hmm. So then Paul went to Axum, where the Guardian is and where the Ark of the Covenant is said to be, uh, to get some more information on it. Paul met with Nebuchadnezzar. Axum's highest priest to learn more about the garden or the guardian of the ark. Yeah. The this priest said that the guardian tradition has been around since the ark got there. He prays day and night, burning incense and paying tribute to God. To God, Paul asked if he could see the guardian, but the priest said the guardian is not accessible to on ordinary people, only religious leaders. The next day he Paul asked again. Uh, Paul the apostle Paul. No, Paul Raphael, oh, Paul the Raphael. Smithsonian journalist. Oh, yes, all the Pauls that I'm saying now are Paul Raphael. Um, the next day, he comes back with another priest in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, and he went up. The, the priest went up and asked the guardian if he could speak, or if he would be willing to speak to this journalist. And um, so the guardian showed his face behind the iron bars um, that are on that are in this church. And when Paul asked his name, he said, "I'm the guardian of the ark. I have no other name." Paul asked many other questions, but the guardian told him he can't say anything about it, and that's been the tradition since Menelik brought the Ark there 3,000 years ago. Eastern Orthodox churches are the only ones who believe the Ark is an axiom. Most Western Christians, Jews, and Muslims believe that it was destroyed before while the Babylonians destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. So, yeah, that's, the, that's, what, that's what I've heard. The question is, is like, is <laughs> this really the real Ark of the Covenant? Is it po- well, in my mind, is it possible that they're just, you know, faking it for their own, you know, wanting of to having, you know. That's what I would that. totally agree. But why would somebody live their entire life in the church, never leaving the church? And not claiming to any fame of the world, right? Exactly. Yeah. Without totally. there being something that he is actually guarding. Totally plausible. And that's a, it. That'd be a huge commitment. Yeah. It would be crazy. <laughs> that's like being a monk times ten. Yeah. But I mean, don't you think that the world that we live in, the the, the the leaders of the world, would get a hold of that? You know, don't you think that over all this time that they would have been like, all right, they've got the Ark of the Covenant hiding over here. Mm-hmm. We're powerful. We've got all the money in the world. We've got all the resources. I want the Ark. You know, I want the I want the Ark. I feel like there's secrecy to not telling anybody about it is what preserves that. Well, we just we're on Valley Talk podcast here and. Phoenix or Glendale or wherever, Peoria, Peoria, Arizona, and you got that on your laptop. Yes. <laughs> you don't think that... More than once, baby. You don't think... This either came to you, you know, God set this on your computer in this random link, and not many people have touched it, not many people have seen it, so that we could put it on this podcast, mm-hmm. or it's been information out there, and yes, the people that, that might have wanted to get a hold of the Ark of the Covenant could have got a hold of it, you know, at one time. I agree that they could have easily done it, but if there is like if they don't I think allow the people, the kind of left the left the playbook at one time, you know. Which would make sense that it went to the island of Gondor. 
Gondor. Gondor, bro. Is it Lord of the Rings? Not Gondor. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's all possible. Both ways are possible and plausible. Um, I just. Gondor. I just don't. That was close. I just don't know the relevance of the Ark of the Covenant covenant now or according to jesus you know according to the bible according yeah. to god the relevance of it it did it you know it did its deeds it did it held the presence of god i don't think that the presence of god definitely left the ark of the covenant i don't think it still resides there I agree right so they're they're guarding gold yes so but it, what happens if the ten commandments are still in it that's pretty flipping sick but i'm pretty sure they were destroyed weren't they they were destroyed once when uh and he got some more, right? And he went back up to the yeah. mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Once they, once you think, Moses came down. You think for 4,000 years that these these stone tablets are, could stay in, in, con- in contact with, you know, all the writing on it? I mean. It's God, tough. It says that God literally wrote on the tablets. Yeah, but what happens if the tablets break? I agree, but, like, if it's divinely made or, like, divinely yeah. touched I, by but God. That's like, that's, like, in our world, like, I feel like there's a... The, a group of people that are like taking all this specific god artifacts you know out yeah. of the world so that there's no evidence of these things you know there's no supernatural spectacular uh, uh, you know things happening with this stuff that can't like point to god in, in the real world right mm-hmm. so i feel like those people would try to take and satan's that those people are controlled by satan so satan is trying to take away all the evidence or possible evidence or known evidence away from, you know, the hands of the people that, yeah. so that nobody will believe. <clears throat> so totally possible. Very interesting. I'm curious what you guys knew about the Ark of the Covenant, like, before th- researching it. Like, did you know anything about it? Did you know what it was? I mean, yeah, I knew what it was and stuff, but... We just I mean, had a conversation, like, like, a month ago yeah. about it. Yeah. I'm but I, mean, I feel like everything I knew about it, you guys have already gone over. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, Indiana Jones type stuff. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. about the Ark of the Covenant even existed until yesterday. Hank's Ark of the Covenant yeah. was Korean, bar- <laughs> not Korean barbecue, Korean glizzies. Corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> two, two sweet glizzies. No kidding. <laughs> it's crazy, though, how many theories there are about the Ark of the Covenant and where it is. The knowledge? If it's alive now or not. Like, that. this could lead into our, our trinities and our divine stuff, but... There's so much knowledge out there and so much information mm-hmm. and so much old history that like, because that's what's crazy. The, 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 the Sumerian people, like the, the, the Aramaic language, the people that speak that language. Yeah. Arabic came from Aramaic, Persian, Egyptian, all these dialects of the Middle East <coughs> all came from Aramaic, which is what Jesus spoke, the language Jesus spoke. Hebrew came from Aramaic and all. And 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 uh, uh, all, uh, Greek, right? They all came from. They stem from Aramaic, and that those are the oldest people. Those are the oldest living people. Like Pat, what's his name? Pat McDavid, Patrick McDavid. You know that guy's. He does podcasts and stuff. He's uh, Sumer- He's a Sumerian human being. He's of that descent. But like the, that people group is the oldest type of people that are living on Earth. You know, that's where Abraham. That's, that's Abraham's descendants, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, that's the, the, the bloodline all the way goes down. There's so much history in it. And I do really trust when someone says, you know, the information was passed down. Yeah, right? I agree. Because your grandparents aren't trying to lie to you. Your grandparents are 60 years old. They're not like, oh, go beneath the bridge. There's treasure there. You know, they're not telling you false things. They're going to tell you the truth. I feel like especially care. like in, in this scenario with the Ark, 
um, in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church with the 125 monks that live on this island that are virgins and have committed their entire lives to this. Yeah. Like, if everybody before them did the same thing, like, the information that's passed down is not going to be skewed by anything outside. Yeah. Because the only people that would receive that information are people who are also monks that were virgins and, and committed their entire again, lives you, to it. You never know. We're, we're all human. You know, there could yeah. be a little bit of deception and lies added in. You know, Satan Definitely. can get a hold of your heart. and th- So those, that's all possible. But, I, yeah, like you're saying, I do trust a lot of when it comes down to tradition in, in those areas. Yeah. Why would, just like the, the 12 apostles dying, right? Why dying for the cause of Jesus and the belief of, that he, you know, resurrected and, and he was Christ? Why would you, as a, as a dude, be a monk and a virgin and live on one place for your whole life and never do anything else but worship this one thing. It has to be real, right? If it's real to you, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, for some people, like, being transgender is real to them and, you know, all that gender fluidity stuff. It's real to them. But, you know, it, 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 is it evidence-based? Is it backed by truth? Is yeah. it backed by realness and science? In our world, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. So when you're going through what you believe is to be true, go for the evidence. Go go for, you know, the true evidence, what things point to. Don't just believe what you hear. Go look into it. Go research. Do your own research. That's most important. You know, mm-hmm. you don't believe just what people say to you. Don't believe what we're telling you on the podcast here, all the stuff that we're looking at. Hey, you know, we could be a little off of some things, but we're th- our hearts are in the right place, and that's all that matters. We're trying to learn. We're trying to understand. So that should be everyone else's goals, too, in life, is just to, you know, understand, get evidence for themselves. Facts. All right, so the next couple questions we're going to try and speed through um, and give you as much information as we possibly can and jump from question to question. So um, what is the Apocrypha, and should we read it? Um, for those of you who don't know, the, um, the Bible as we were given it, um, the Apocrypha is a collection of books written in the four centuries that happened between the last book of the Old Testament and the Gospels. So kind of just a bridge in Scripture between the Old Testament and the Gospels. Some of the books of the Apocrypha are um, before uh, and during the Old Testament times, but most of them uh, were in between that bridge gap. Um, so when we originally had the Bible, the Apocrypha was included in the Bible. It wasn't until the 1300s when the Protestant Reformation, Reformation happened um, and we, we got different denominations of Christianity was when we saw the Apocrypha um, being removed from from scripture um, and not not in every single form of the Bible. So um, the different, uh, the Apocrypha is typically referred to as 17 extra books or additions to the Bible. I'll give you the book names. Esther, or additions to Esther, Baruch, Bell and the Dragon, Ecclesiasticus, 1st and 2nd Esdras, Judith, Letter of Jeremiah, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th Maccabees, the prayer of Azira, which is also uh, translated to Abednego, um, that character. In the prayer of Manasseh, Psalm 151, Susanna, Tobit, and the wisdom of Solomon. <laughs> so um, Jesus in the New Testament authors never directly quote the Apocrypha, which is typically where the backing behind it not being in the Bible um, is most uh, found. Um, the Catholic Bible contains seven of these books. Eastern Orthodox Bible contains 15 extra chapters. Um, it is believed that this, that the Apocrypha is not spoken from God. 
and that uh, it's yeah, it's just kind of external information, not necessarily needed in the Bible. It's you know, it could could have been you know, in a, in a form version of the Bible at one point, but it's just people adding in you know what they've thought to to be or or stories of the Bible. So basically, the the apocrypha in my mind is information that was added to like the gospel added to the, the Old Testament added to all the, the the time frame of the Bible that might be like commentary or or information that is come from sources that come from Jesus you know so like you know stuff that Paul might have written that isn't as important or pertaining to Jesus Christ so everything that was within the Bible like I was saying earlier remember everything that's in the Bible is is is, is supposed to be in the Bible it's meant to be in the Bible and it relates to Jesus Christ so the, the Apocrypha doesn't necessarily correlate to Jesus well as well as the other books of the Bible. So the books of the Bible that we have now all correlate to what Jesus says, his, the gospel, and, and you know, all that is of God and Jesus Christ. The Apocrypha isn't as important, you know, or not important compared to uh, what we have in our Bible now. So it's just, you know, extra yes. information, you know, the wisdom of Solomon. It says it there itself. It's, you know, just stuff that Solomon came to understand. You know, it, you can read it, and it might be good for our lives, good for understanding, good to understand, you know, m more of the Bible in different ways. But all that we have in the Bible is all that we need, and the Apocrypha is just the books that, you know, were added on to and taken out of the Bible that you, it wasn't necessarily. In, in the, the, the Reformation, they were like, you know, we don't necessarily need this in the Bible. We're going to condense it to all that is good and all that is, you know, that Jesus wants us to have in there pretty much. So It's like side quest. Yeah, exactly. Side quest. Yes, but there are some things that it talks about in the Apocrypha. That well, like Enoch is, uh, is a, a part of the Apocrypha. Enoch is the uh, Enoch is not accredited as a book of the Bible. It was written by Enoch, a man who is is talked about in the Bible. And Enoch talks about the Nephilim. Not talks about secondary salvation issues, right? Yes. So it's not primary. It's not the salvation of of our, our lives, right? It's not sal salvation that Jesus Christ gives us. It's not you know d pertaining to God or the character of God or anything of that sort. It's just information that is worldly, right? So Enoch it, it talks about giants, right, and, and Nephilim and, uh, and uh, the fallen angels. That's what Enoch talks about. But that's all secondary stuff. That's not about, like, our salvation and our lives. So they decided that that wasn't, you know, what God and what Jesus wanted to be in, in, in their scripture. So the Bible that we have now is it's the Holy Scripture. It's truth. It's like direct correlation to God yeah. and our Savior itself. Yep. All, like, it all connects. Like the Bible that we have now has like over 1,500, you know, or over 1,900, um, what is it called? When it, when it cross tracks from Old Testament to New Testament, when it connects. Like correlation. Yeah, correlation, or there's another word for it I can't think of. I um, thought it was like 52,000. Well, there's, there's, uh, maybe I'm thinking of prophecies, but there's a ton. The point, yeah, there's just a ton. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the apocrypha. Yes, so it is good for understanding historical context, but isn't for the average reader of the Bible. Um, and you just need to read it through a specific it, lens. You can read it if you want. Like, feel free to read all that stuff, but God's not... It's know, not sent from God. ...requiring you to read it. Yes. So in heaven, do you think we will be able to replay or relive a memory that happened during our lifetimes? Hank, what do you think? Oh, I believe we will. <coughs> I wrote down some notes for this. So one moment. Um. Yes, Hank. Get it, girl.
computer sound like a jet engine, bro. Mine does it too. I hate it. Alright, so really quickly while Hank is looking that up, I'm going to give you my opinion. Um, it talks about in the Bible how uh, the bad or negative memories, or it talks about it in Revelations, how they will be cleared from us and how anything that uh, revolved around sin um, or a sinful nature will be gone. So I believe that all the bad memories will be taken away, but we'll still be able to remember the good things that happened in our life, the the people that had an impact on us, and um, I, I don't know if we'll be able to replay or relive memories um, per yeah. se, but I think that we will still remember them. I think, what do you think, Hank? You find it? Yeah. Um, my, my answers are like similar to Tyler's. I don't think we'll be able to remember the bad memories, but like sometimes going through bad things like give you comfort so you'll be able to like but it was Jesus through the bad things that comforted you it's yeah it wasn't the bad things yeah so it's hard to say I've, I don't think you'll like yeah I don't think you'll be able to remember the bad things but I think you'll be able to remember like good memories of because good memories also shape you as a person so if you have no memory of anything it's like yeah who are you like yeah. Will we have our personality? I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't think. Well, that's what this one guy was saying in his little near the death experience thing. He said, "You're your your authentic you. You are the person inside of you, the child inside of you that is loving, that is joyful, that is good, that is great. You're not all the bad stuff that you are as a human. You're just the good you. You're the authentic you. You're the happy you. You know. And th- I seen this other video today. It was it was this guy. He's walking down the street and he goes, you know, if you're having a hard time, um hearing the voice of God or that good, that good voice, think, you know, ask God, what is your favorite quality about me? And the first thing that pops into your head, that is Jesus's favorite quality about you. And when I thought about it, when I read it today, what the first thing that popped into my head was my smile. Like Jesus Christ loves when I, he loves my smile. He loves when I smile, right? That is what he loves about me. That is the single thing that popped into my head when I thought about that. And so I just, it's hard to think Nothing that is evil will, will be in heaven with us. Nothing that is uh, 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 like far from God will be a part of our minds. So, you know, when we look, if we were to be able to look back at our memory, right, all the things that would be in our mind and our memory would be bad, all but the thing that, all the, the, of the feeling and the thought that was good, right? So, like, the world around us, you know, in our memory, the things that are around us, right, those things are bad, but the thought of what was good, that's what we'll remember, I think. So I think we'll understand lessons and things that uh, pertain to the Bible pertain to Jesus. I don't think that we'll be able to be like, oh, remember when me, Tyler, is it, is Hank, and Xander were sitting outside, you know, doing this podcast? Because if it, as a memory as a whole, because you know, I said a few bad words, or I, you know, I had this thought, or I had this temptation during, you know, like that type of thing, right? Yeah. There's still bad within it, just because we're yeah. on Earth. So I, I think it's a whole new world. It's a whole new life. You know, we're we're all we're doing is doing things that are of Jesus, of God. So I, I'm not quite sure. I think we'll have an understanding. We'll be our unique self in mm-hmm. heaven, and we'll we'll have all this understanding. You know, this knowledge from God that He gives us. But I'm not sure it'll be co- correlated to our lives here, because our lives here are pretty much made up of sin. Sin and, and evil, right? So, yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, I think what all you guys are saying is valid, and we will be able to remember the feeling of, of 
of love that we felt from others, uh, of, of, of joy that we felt from God, of, of pleasure and repentance that we felt. Because how else can we understand the reason why we're in heaven or, or that we are in heaven, you know, without understanding what it takes to, 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 for us to have gotten there. So I feel as if, you know, lessons and feelings of joy and that are of God, we will be able to feel. But anything that isn't of God, we will not be able to feel or remember because it's just bad. And there will be no tears uh, of sadness. There will be no agony, no no anger, no no anything that isn't a part of God's goodness. So, yeah. A lot of great points in that. Yes, sir. Anything else to add, Xander? You guys said it all. All right. Do you think Adam and Eve are in heaven? Xander, let's hear you first. Um, I think it's kind of what we were talking about earlier about with like in the Old Testament, it was like the Ten Commandments and all that, and they didn't really get to experience the um, or have that experience of Jesus Christ coming and saving them uh, with salvation of their sins and whatnot, you know. So mm-hmm. like we were saying earlier with the intention of your heart, I think a lot of it has to do with that, like their intention and their belief and their pure intention like in God. Yeah. So everyone knew God then though. I feel that's what popped in my head when you said that. Everybody earlier on in creation of time, yeah. everyone knew God because you know, you didn't have all this science. Like the like Bible God says spoke directly to right? them. Yeah, like the Bible says you don't know what the seed is doing when it's growing. You cannot see it with your eyes. It's growing. You know it's growing, but you do, you don't know what's being done. God's doing the work in that plant. To grow it, right? It's not us. It's 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 his divine nature that's growing this plant, and we can't see what's happening in the seed. We can't see what's happening in the ground, but we know that it's going to grow because, like you, you know, you feed it water. It's getting sunlight, all this stuff. So, I yeah, I'm, I feel like Adam and Eve are in heaven because they were literally with God, like they, they walked God, yeah, with God, and they God. were God's first creation. And yeah, like. You, you sacrifice like they would sacrifice stuff to God and ask for repentance at that time. So that everybody knew God. So I mean, the only reason why they wouldn't be in heaven is if for some reason God was were to flip, you know, all that He said about repentance and stuff, and mm-hmm. about you know knowing the character of our hearts and stuff. Like He would have to kind of disregard all that stuff and be like, you know, Eve, you took that fruit from Satan, and Adam, you were right there with her, and you guys, you know, purposely did that, and you were perfect in your creation, but you were deceived by this, you know. You know this being Satan, and and they were the creation of sin. So how can God punish them for sin when it wasn't yeah, really did. a thing until they did it? And he know? already knew they were going to do it. Yeah, that's the so, funnier part. It's crazy. Uh, so he can't really like punish them for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he can because he can do anything. But yeah, true. <laughs> it's just hard to really have an answer for that. Yep, we'll find out someday. All right, uh, I'm going to answer this question first. Do you think that humans are the only life creation that God created? Second part to it, do aliens exist? Um, you could go into this one for a long time. Whoa, but yeah. I, my opinion is that, like we were saying earlier, how can you put a cap on what God can do? Mm-hmm. Like the Bible tells us about our creation story and like things that happened on earth. But th- I think that there is a possibility that there could be another earth out there that God created and and maybe even an earth where they were put in the same situation where Adam and Eve were in the garden and, and Adam and Eve chose differently. 
or uh, I was talking to my mom about it. Like, what if when God was creating the earth to make sure that everything was exactly how he wanted, he made other planets that sustained life so he could test kind of what the creation was and find out, like, how he wanted things to operate. Like having a, this is a b- wild example, but like having a planet where horses were. And he horses, uh, horses were humans and they and didn't like the creation story. He, well, I don't. That's like yeah. a trippy dream. That dude. would be crazy. But like he figured out like how he wanted things to be created and he made other planets so that he could figure out how Earth was created. And I think that it's very possible for other forms of life to be out there. And I don't think it contradicts with the Bible. Not, but it's n- th- there's other forms, but it's not within our understanding or yes. our realm or yes. our universe of, of knowing. Because, you know, we, I mean, let alone us maybe going to space to the moon once, supposedly, right? Like, let alone from that, whether that even happened or not. But, you know. That's a whole another pod. Conversation. Yeah, that's for another time. But, like, yeah, like you're saying, you can't put, you can't put, you know, a cap on God's power. But if it, that were to be, like, it's just out of our knowing and it's not for understanding. It's, you know, secondary to, to our understanding. And, but it's totally possible. Like you're saying, it's totally possible that God, it, even just another dimension or another simulation, you could say, of sorts, that God did just for his own fun because he's, you know, omnipotent and great and powerful and wonderful. Like, he can do whatever the heck he wants. It'll be interesting to see if when we go to heaven, if there are other creatures or like other people. God God loves us and he 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 formed us. Whoops. He formed us. It's good. Um, he formed us, you know, and created us so that he could love us specifically, like, and and like yeah, I mean he there's millions and of people probably that you know have been believers and 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 you know that love god and that jesus knows but like if you take it far beyond that there's that's a lot of people but there's no such thing as aliens the definition of aliens is from another place extraterrestrials is the word for alien and extraterrestrial means from, from from another world so in my mind and i'm pretty dang confident in this the only really alien life that there is are demons and angels and and demons are the only ones we really encounter more often than angels you might encounter angels but they're sent by god messengers but extraterrestrials are entities beings or demons outside of our dimension you know that that are on earth that are on the physical plane that we might not necessarily be able to see but they can take physical form like in possession you know um so extraterrestrials aliens that alien life's if you think about it, when God casts Satan and his demon or Satan and his demons out of heaven to earth, you know, that's a form of, you know, alien because they're from a different place, extraterrestrial. Yeah. So I think aliens in our world are just demonic presence, demonic things that, you know, Satan is, you know, encouraging into, you know, the, the, the span of human existence to take people away from God and thinking that there's other civilizations of, of, of races of, of, you know, aliens on other planets so we don't think that we're the center of creation that god created us that we're on earth and we can't leave and that jesus will come back to us you know from heaven you know type of stuff so i think aliens outside of demons is all just to steer us humans away from god yeah and i think that if there are other like human like creations that god created that he just didn't explain to us i don't think that takes away from his love Mm -hmm. of us yeah and 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 I think he only gave us what we needed to know in the Bible. So if other other life forms like humans are out there, then 
we don't need to know about it. Right. In my Cause mind. Because the, the Bible is our creation story. Yeah. yeah. What exactly. pertains to us here on our planet, our Earth, our experience. Like, Hank so. wouldn't just be some extraterrestrial alien from some planet just fooling with us. He's yeah. a lizard. Might be, boy. He's not some gray <laughs> or some, some, rept- some rep- reptilian. Polynesian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you think there's different levels of punishment in hell? Yes. Yes, I agree with Bla- that. Like, I mean... Let me find the scripture where it says there is. So, like... S- Satan and his demons get the worst. Satan gets the worst. His demons get the worst because they're bringing people purposefully away from God. Anybody who purposefully brings other human beings away from Jesus Christ, away from the gospel, away from, you know, God, that has specific spankings in hell. You know, they're getting yeah. spanked. <laughs> Revelation twenty twelve says, "In the Free. dead, <laughs> and the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books." Luke ten verse twelve says, "I tell you." This is Jesus talking. I tell you, it be more bearable on that day for Saddam than for that town. Verse 14 says it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. Implying the level of punishment in hell seems to be tied to the amount of light a person rejects. Yeah. Is it Sodom or Saddam? S-I-D-O-N. Sidon. Um... Yeah, well, like, if you, yeah, if you, like, bring people away, if you, like, if you add or take away from the Bible, uh, from God's word, you know, that's False very prophesy. punishable. Yeah, that's very punishable. Um, I mean, but, like, that's a thing for us, talking, you know, on a, on, a, on a platform on YouTube or on, you know, Spotify, speaking out into into the, the world that is the, in society. If we were to be leading you guys, astray, leading people astray, right, that, that's wrong. You know, that's definitely punishable. But we're, you know, trying to, to create a pathway from, you know, the Internet towards yeah. Jesus Christ. And I think that's all good. And, you know, that's why, you know, Xander, he, it, it was purposefully just said a little prayer right before, you know, we started this saying, you know, help, let our words, you know, be impactful. Let our words be from Jesus Christ, from God, and let nothing that we say not be a part of it. You know, let it all float from within us, from, you know, the Holy Spirit. And that's all good. And, and if we're praying that way and, and you're asking for those things from God, that's all that should come to happen if we believe it. So we're not leading nobody astray. We might not be fully right, you know, mm-hmm. according to God's truths. We might be, like, yeah. on the track. But all that matters is that we have Jesus Christ at our pil- uh, as our pillar and that, you know, we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior. And we believe he died on the cross for our sins. And he rose again on the third day. And God sent him. And he's the revelation of, of godliness and of God and of the Trinity, uh, of that being to us as humans. That's it. Anything else to add, Xander? Mm-hmm. All right, last question that we have today. Um, what was Jesus' form before he became man? I had a crazy thought about this last night, and it ended up coming full circle. But before I learned that there was possibly a different form of Jesus um, before he became man, I was like, wouldn't it technically mean that the first man wasn't Adam? The first man was Jesus because as the son, if he was only ever in form of the the human, wouldn't it technically mean that yeah. Jesus was a human? He was the first man to be, right? So yeah, so and he was there he when was Earth there, was created. Right, nobody else was around. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So if he was in the human form, then Adam wasn't the first human. Jesus was. But then I found some other teachings about how... Um, it, it says early on 
where does it say it? I don't know. Um, that, uh, the word was with God. The word was God. John. Yes. So um, Jesus is that uh, one belief is that Jesus was logos or word. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another belief. Word, yeah. yeah. Another belief is that he was the angel of the Lord that appears multiple times in um, throughout the Bible. Well, he is that too. He's all of those things. If he was a human, would that mean that he was? He wasn't a human. He's a pre-incarnate Christ. So, actually, one of my buddies like helped me really dig into this. So the pre pre-incarnate Christ, right? So and and the right incarnate is when he like comes to earth, right? So before Jesus was born as a man, he was at the right hand of God, right? We've always known that. But before Abraham was, I am, right? Mm -hmm. Three letters, I am, right? One, two, three. Trinity. Um, Trinity. But uh, he was in heaven, and he was the angel of the Lord. He was the messenger of the Lord. The depiction between A-N and angel of the Lord in the Bible and the angel of the Lord is completely different. Mm-hmm. And a messenger, and, like a messenger from the Lord, you know, compared to the messenger of the Lord. So whenever the messenger of the Lord appeared, like he like he was doing like he was rep- forgiving sins and no one forgives sins but God right so when Jesus claimed to be God so many times in the Bible it's insane and when people say that Jesus isn't God I just want to clean the wax out of their Flip ears and, and take the scales off their eyes and say listen he claimed to be God so many times in the Bible he like it should be very obvious especially when he was sent you know as a the messenger of the Lord to earth he, the story of Jacob right Jacob wrestled with God he was face to face with Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ. It was the angel of the Lord, right? But because Jesus is God, he Jacob wrestled with God. Nobody yes. else has done that. Nobody else has done that. And you know, J- he was like dis- he dislocated his shoulder, I think, and his, something else. Did something to his leg. I yeah, think, and too. broken leg, and he's wrestling with literally Jesus. And obviously, Jesus is going easy on him. But the angel of the Lord was, you know, forgiving sins. The angel of the Lord was speaking as if he was God multiple times in the Bible. It's crazy the angel of the Lord comes and tells Mary that Jesus, that she will have Jesus. And so like if Jesus is No, that was a dream. I thought the angel of the Lord came. (laughs) In her dream. Oh, okay. And I'm not sure if it was the angel or an angel. Well, was it I thought it was the angel of the Lord for either the one that came to Mary or the one that went to the shepherds. That told the, the three shepherds. That was the the shepherds was an angel. I thought uh, we can look, but the uh, the angel of the, I'm not sure if I, she had a dream though. Uh, Mary had a dream. So did Elizabeth, right? John's uh, mother. John's mom. Yeah. So she said that's why you know John always says you know f- believe in me, but believe in me who comes after me, right? Mm-hmm. The the chosen one. But pretty sure. It says angel, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary. Yeah, so it's, uh, but um, would have been crazy if it was the angel of the Lord. For Jesus coming to tell Mary that he was coming. Yeah, that he was inside of her, the baby. Yeah, because th- wasn't the angel that like talked to the shepherds too? Said the Messiah is coming. I don't know yeah, if it was, that was the angel or a the angel, but yeah. the, well, so the, the, the angel of the Lord only appears in in correlation to the angel of the Lord at the, in the Old Testament. So I, I've highlighted where it said where did I put it? In it, it's an angel, or it's the angel of the Lord. It must be Joshua. But I don't know. Luke. 
No, in the Old Testament. Look for look oh. where it says uh, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. I have it underlined real big. If it reads off, it'll say. Does it say what? If you click on one of those, it say. Where was it? Talked about. Exodus three two through four. I don't think that was with Mary, but. Yeah, Angel of the Lord speaks as God, identifies yeah. himself with God, and exercises the responsibilities yeah. of God. Two. That's Genesis. Sixteen. Three for four. But when he. There's a lot of times. There's multiple verses on it. Well, let's talk about Moses. Oh well. A- anyways. Yeah, the, just the distinction between and an yeah. angel of the Lord and the angel of the Lord. But the Big pre-incarnate difference. Christ was Jesus at the right hand of God in heaven in, you know, a- angelic spirit form. He wasn't, you know, man. He wasn't yeah. an angel and he wasn't a man. He was, you know, Jesus God at mm-hmm. the right hand of, of God, at the right yeah. hand of his throne, you know, like. And. Oh. Go ahead. But we never have ever experienced God as humans. Unless it was through Jesus Christ. Everything right. was always through, like, the, the column of fire, you know? Yeah. Like, the cloud. That All that stuff was pretty much... Not his literal that, That's form. God's presence, right? But anytime you've ever experienced, like, the, the presence of God on earth, it's been Jesus. Because that that's what Jesus is, is the... The, the, the connector. Intermediate between God yeah. and, and us. Like, the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. says, the Father is Jesus, the Father is the Holy Spirit, but... Uh, like the Holy Spirit isn't the Father, mm-hmm. Jesus isn't the Father, but the Father is them. If that Three makes persons, sense. one being. Yeah, that's a wild thing. And off that note, let's get right into the. Well, one more thing that I wanted to touch on from the beginning of this question about Adam being the first man or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think, like in Genesis, when it's talked about Adam being the first man, I think that's referring to like the first man in physical form on earth. Yeah. But Jesus was like a man, but. You know, in the spiritual realm next to God, like yeah. you said, the right hand of God. But I think when, Genesis, when it's saying the first man, I think it's referring to like the actual physical being us, not necessarily the Father's yeah. spirit. That's a good point. All right, lead us into this final conversation about divine trinities, Curran. Me? Yes. You. For the people out there who don't understand the Trinity, for the people out there that don't believe in the Trinity, for the people out there that don't see relevance of of God in nature, this is for you. <laughs> the Bible, nature, physics, genetics, all of these things are are founded upon the Trinity of God, the divine Trinity of our Lord and Savior God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. So, in my notes, some of this stuff I kind of already knew, but I dug deeper into it for this exact reason, to be able to explain it to you guys better. So, Thank you. All right, so divine trinities within nature. So our bodies are thought to be body, thought, emotion, mind, soul, spirit, spirit, and uh, in, in, in nature as well. Matter can only be three things, solid, liquid, or gas, right? And then another divine trinity is, you guys know this just as I do, phone, wallet, keys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three <laughs> Phone, wallet, keys yep. for us dudes. Um, flesh, soul, 
uh, spirit, right? Um, earth, moon, sun. Uh, so within, so those are all, you know, just things we can see that have threes. But space, time, and matter is what makes up everything, right? So yes. space is length, height, and width, or it's length, height, and depth. Time is past, present, future, and matter is laws, substance, and motion. So all the foundation of the nature and the things that we see, matter itself, time, space, right, all breaks down to trinities. So the divine physics, so divinity of Christ in physics, quarks, uh, leptons, and bosons create a proton, right? And then a proton, a neutron, an electron make an atom, which is everything, which is all substance, right? Everything came from comes from atoms, right? And then within what we see, our eyes, the three primary, primary colors are red, green, and blue. And with those three colors creates every single color that there is, white light. So all the t TVs we see, right? Videos, everything is created by white light, which is created by red, green, and blue. So in, that's within color. So, you know, we got ground, sky, and sea, another three, and then divine, f yeah, the divine phases, yeah, salt, liquid, gas. Mind, body, soul. Yep, mind, body, soul. And then in our DNA, three nucleotides, right, the foundation of our DNA, create amino acids. And, and that's how we're, we're, our genetics are created, right? So our, our the, the helogenic, or what is it, what's the DNA strand called? What, hela, whatever? Hela, genetic matrix thing, whatever it is. Yeah. The, the three nucleotides that combine create amino acids, and all the amino acids create our genetics. So we're literally founded within the Trinity, and all and all the uh, the alphabet is correlated to amino acids, A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y Z. All those are created to make our genetics, right? The G, the A, the D, or the G, the A, the T, I think it is. So, yeah, father, mother, child, parent, child, spouse. The only things we can be in this world. Right? Our parent, a child, or a spouse. And, like, another thing that really relates to the three is there's three nails in the cross. Mm -hmm. Jesus was 33, mm -hmm. died at 3 p.m. Like, there's so many correlations to the number three. Yeah, infinite. Yeah, so, if that isn't, like, enough evidence of the, like, the, the trinity of beings that three things can equal one... I don't yeah, know what else crazy. is because literally this is the whole world that we live in solid liquid gas space time matter flesh soul spirit length width depth laws substance and motion and past present and future that's literally the foundations of everything we know the whole world everything we can see everything we can touch it's the foundation of creation trinity in divinity but yeah that's crazy to think about I can't remember what gene it is. I'm trying to find it, but there's like the very smallest gene in our body that makes up our DNA is literally formed into a cross. Is the shape? Of yeah, I've cross. seen that too. It's like I can't I'm trying oh, to find what it is. But everything points to God. Everything points to God. Everything. You have to be willing to look. Right. You got to take the scales off your eyes. Got to take them knock, off. Knock and the door will be open. Pray and you shall see. Yeah. Pray and you shall receive. Like all. Like you just. You gotta want it a little bit, and because like a lot of people are like, Jesus doesn't show himself to me. Why doesn't Jesus just tell me that he's real? You know, it's because you have to be oh willing God. to ex accept it. You, ha if your heart is hardened, you know, if people have done stuff to you in your life that creates you to be a person that has a hardened heart and, you're, and you don't easily accept things, you're not gonna be willing to accept the love of Jesus Christ. You have to be willing to, 
And that's why people, when they're at their lowest, right? When you're at your lowest, that's when people accept Jesus Christ. You're like, I need you. I need something. And, and you're broken down just enough to accept the love of Jesus Christ. But if you, if you aren't willing to, you will never, you'll never feel that love because you won't know what it is. You won't know that the people around you, like the Christians in your life, the good folks, or the righteous people in your life are acting these ways towards you on purpose because they love you and they're trying to show you love. If you aren't willing to accept the love, you'll never understand what it is. If you're not willing to love others, if not, there's only two ways that you, we can accept love, right? Or, or no love. It's by giving or receiving love, right? That's literally the foundation of all that is, is parenthood, right? Your life, everything that is in our life, you either receive or give love in, in these ways. That's the only way we understand it, right? And God is willing to accept our love, but he, we, he, he, he's, and he's willing to accept our, you know, our, our, our offer of acceptance of his salvation and he gives all the love even when we don't believe in him he loves us even when we're running from him he loves us right just unconditional in the bible he talks about the importance of love and how it's like the foundation the most important thing is the love between our brothers and sisters love your neighbor like yourself all that yeah and i I work in a lot with depressed like people and i'd say the most majority of people they're depressed, and the number one reason they say they're depressed is because they feel empty. And most of them are religious. Yeah. God correlation because yeah, Jesus we have the, the Christ-shaped void. void in our heart that nothing can fulfill it. Not money, nothing material can fill that void. Like I think of it as like when we're kids, that toy that has shapes in it. You know, the stars, the squares. Set it in there. It's like the yeah. Christ-shaped void in our heart. Is like you're so not gonna good. be able to fit money into that to make it go through. Like, everything's going to fall right through. The only uh-huh. thing that's going to fill that void. It's that perfect shape. Yep. The cross. And it makes sense. The only way that this infinite power, only way we should believe and accept the love of Jesus Christ, this infinite powerful being as humans and looking at it from a worldly perspective, this wonderful, omnipotent, powerful being sent himself in our form to show us how much he loves us. He literally humbled himself down to us as little ants down here on earth, as sinful creatures. He d- he turned from every temptation, all the temptations we've ever encountered, Jesus faced them, and he turned from them all just so we could die on the cross for us unworthy people. Just for that. And if, if that doesn't show you how much God loves us and how humble our God is and how much he wants us to choose him, he did all that because he loves us. He literally, as an infinite, powerful being who created the universe, who is greater than everything we could ever understand or know or, or comprehend, doled his being down to this Christ, Jesus, who was man and who was God at the same time, and decided to die for us, and, and we didn't deserve it at all. And that's why we should choose him and give our trust and our faith and our salvation to him and accept him into our heart and let him, let him rule our lives and, and, and to help us do good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like we all learned a little bit about different things throughout this podcast. So this is a great experience. Uh, for us all, and we could probably just keep going for yeah. it. Honestly. I love what you said about that, that, that shape. Yeah, that's a great way to depict it. That's so good. I feel like uh, this is a good example of why God created us to be in community and talk about these things with other people so you can get differing opinions and uh, figure out things that you wouldn't be able to figure out if you were doing it all on your own. So thank you for being a part of the community. Appreciate you boys.
Love you, yeah. gentlemen. All right, so uh, that's going to wrap up today's episode 17 of the Valley Talk podcast. More, I got one more thing. Just okay, yeah, quick. sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, next week, next weekend, we got a member of the Valley Talk yeah. uh, crew performing in another jiu-jitsu competition. Going for gold, um, baby. Hey, you. Xander. Um, going for gold this time. Hopefully next podcast we can present a golden piece of hardware. May the strength so of ten full grin. Full grin, full men. Let God be with Xander. Be fulfilled within you. Let him Do perform to the best of his abilities, and we all me. hope that you can perform and bring home a piece of. May gold. you have the strength you, of ten full-grown men. I fear no man. <laughs> man can take my life, but only God can take my soul. <laughs> One last thing. Smell really good over there, Mr. Yeah, Hank. you do, Hank. You, also, shout out Kern for being our first yeah. ever Valley Talk you, podcast brother. guest. Um, if you guys have any questions, like I said in the beginning, uh, leave comments down. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We hope you guys are having a great time. Uh, peace. Shout God be God. with you all. Smell.